Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 232. And today we're going to drop some goo all over you, fantasy football style. And we're going to do burning fantasy questions. Uh, Essentially, we're going to find out what kind of questions for each of the 32 teams need to be answered here with the training camps coming up and, um, you know, with just a lot of off-season things happening across the league. What are fantasy issues? What are fantasy questions that need to be answered? Pretty fired up to get into that. As usual, across the way from me, we've kind of mixed up and changed up our order, but across the way from me, Stag Party. To my right is Houdini. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com, and uh, I'm super excited to be bringing you this podcast from uh, a new uh, setting than we've been recording uh, previously. Stags and I did a couple Zencaster shows. But we're doing it from my new spot down in downtown Chicago. So we're going to have to tinker a little bit with the audio here and there. Yeah, so and some filters. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different of an audio as we've had. So we'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. Um, what's going on, boys? You guys jazzed up for some, uh, some uh, a pyro podcast. And finally we're together. It's been over a month since we've been sitting here recording together in the same room. I'm goddamn jazzed up to be here for a pyro podcast. I'm damn jazzed up to be finally talking about football instead of wedding shit and uh, <laughs> I'm just happy to be here <laughs> good deal that's right Houdini two and a half weeks away from getting married congratulations all the pyros out there are giving you a high five uh, so uh, no some are probably like that are married like, <laughs> what, are what are you doing <laughs> stags buddy um, you fired up to uh, get in should we just pop into this I feel like we're going to go through all the uh, teams in alphabetical order uh, and any sort of topic that we want to tangent off of for any of these teams, uh, feel free to do it. But let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. I got, I got one last thing to say. <laughs> hey, what are you doing here? I come to kick ass. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Do it. All right. Um, and there's a train. So we're going to hopefully figure out how... 
this this place. <laughs> is that what you can do about the trains where you're <laughs> oh, This is gonna be great. I think because I'm gonna set the scene for people. So if you've been to Chicago, we are like right at uh, the edge of where the loop is. We're like and we're right off the expressway. So you are like right by uh, Carnival that you can see off of the uh, expressway as you drive down uh, on the on the. Uh, we're hardly here. We're hardly away on the highway away from hearing some crazy Harley sound. I got trains that. Behind us and trains over there to the left, the Metra and the L. Oh my god. I didn't really think this through when I picked this apartment. So we Dude, might be going one of those we work spots. Shanae, your neighbor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Arizona Cardinals. Who is the pass catcher in town? Lots um lots of hands and mouths to feed, especially when you got uh, Patrick Peterson saying lead over the past uh, you know, a couple weeks. That he thinks J.J. Nelson's going to be able to do something as well. Add that to John Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, and Floyd, and there is a lot of dudes there. Thank God they don't have a tight end. Yeah. None less fantasy relevant. Well, there's never the giants of Darren Fell since like 6'9. <laughs> He's the perfect Bruce Arians tight end. He doesn't want his tight end to be involved in the offense. Just block. Yeah, well, they've got Jermaine Gresham there as well. So he's a former All Pro who can catch it when they need to call upon him. But it's really about the three pass catchers. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go with J.J. Nelson in any sort of formats this season. He seemed like a one-play sort of wonder last season, and it amounted into a big game. But outside of that, you know, you've got the triumvirates of John Brown, uh, Michael Floyd, and Larry Fitzgerald, who all had high points of last season. Uh, Michael Floyd had five 100-yard games in his last eight. Uh, John Brown had 200-yard game last season. And Larry Fitzgerald ended up with, what, 109 catches? Um, Crazy. But the thing is, Larry Fitzgerald, you're not, you're not concerned with his age. Uh, he's entering his age 33 season. And, you know, over the past, since the merger, uh, an average of 1.34 players have ranked as a top uh, 24 um, pass catcher at their position uh, for wide receivers a season. So is it going to be Larry Fitzgerald or is it going to be, you know, Stevie Fitz? You know, chances are it's only one, but that's what the numbers say. But, you know, Larry proved us all wrong a little bit last year, and he's got – and their ADPs are all smashed together. Just because one's coming off an injury, I put my money on Larry Fitz in that situation. But he's coming down. Regression is a coming his way. But we got a living legend we're talking about – you know, he's got uh, he had 139 targets last year. Pretty incredible. These guys swing the ball around. Uh, had his best fantasy season um, since in four in five years. Last time he had a season like that was 2011 where he scored more than last year. Uh, so, pretty impressive. You go back to 2008 and uh, he had, actually was just a monster that year and he went over 200. He had like 217 fantasy points. So, I don't know. I'm liking. I'm. I'm. I'm still liking. I'm liking John Brown the least, and I'm liking Floyd the most. But I would take a Larry Fitzgerald over John Brown, and our rankings have John Brown higher. So should I assume that you guys? And I'll pull up our tiers right now. But you guys are. You guys are higher on on Brown. I think I have Floyd as the highest of mine. Floyd Brown, Larry Fitzgerald for me. I just can't. I can't trust in Fitzgerald had that renaissance season. I'm just not confident that he's going to be able to do it again. I know he's all, all talent, all world. I would feel a hell of a lot more confident if there wasn't a John Brown or a, a Michael Floyd there. If it was just 
Fitz and one other guy that I'm I'm happy with Fitz and I'll take him as a top twenty wide receiver. But with the other guy there, I think it just it knocks him down. And I, I look at it this way, you know, looking at fantasy pros right now, they got twenty um, sixth at wide receiver for Floyd, uh, twenty. 829 for Fitzgerald and 32 for Brown. So, I mean, they are all right there. Um, I, I think that I like the upside of John Brown just for the age and for that he's been in Arians offense for a while and that, uh, you know, he was getting highlighted a lot early in the season and then he just kind of disappeared. So, you know, you're hoping that maybe he just figured out a little bit more of the conditioning. I just, I, I'll take the chances with Fitzgerald having a problem. Michael Floyd has never been a guy that you can trust. So, I'm not going to. I'm not going to put my, my eggs in that basket. Yeah, well, John Brown did finish as the 21st tight end in scoring last season. Tight end? Uh, wide receiver. <laughs> but but also, he had that injury during the middle of the season where he sort of sat out a game but didn't really. And, you know, the question, he you know, against Seattle where he had three targets and catch a yep. ball. Uh, but he suffered through a little bit of injury there. We know about Floyd's well-documented injury history where he – you know, broke his hands before coming in and then, you know, finally got healthy towards the midpoint of the season. And also that sort of coincided with the rise of uh, David Johnson. And then games that, you know, David Johnson was in the backfield, Larry Fitzgerald really took uh, a back burner as they were using him as an outlet passer and an outlet pass catcher and using him for run after the catch rather than Larry. So that's something that concerns me the most about Larry is having David Johnson back there as the bell cow and potentially just wanting two field stretchers on the outside to get that guy openings. And the other problem is there are just a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. It's going to be a good offense, but the guy that you really want, again, becomes quarterback in that situation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the uh, strength of schedule? They, they fare pretty good in, in that front for uh, uh, for wide receivers. Uh, they're... Now they're pretty. They're pretty low. Twenty six. I mean, they've so, got to face the, those C, uh, Seattle corners. They've got to face the Los Angeles Rams corners, who proved to be able to do some things last year. There's just a lot of talents in that division defensively. So they're always going to be towards the bottom until this division eventually goes through its ebbs and flows. But the weekly variance of having all three of these guys is going to make it hard for any of them to be mm-hmm. a wide receiver too. Um, so plan on making one of these three guys your wide receiver three, and that way you have a little bit more roster room to play with. Uh, well, that's why I think that Michael Floyd is the guy that's going to end up, the guy that you're just going to have to say I'm going to pass on just because of the fact that he's going to go earlier. So, Maybe. Um, you know, I do like taking the last one. I, I don't think that's No, I don't think it's a bad thing either. It's like, leave me the, just give me the choice. I, I want any of them, whichever ones you don't want. This train is hilarious. It, 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 it even had the bell. I'm sorry, people. We're gonna figure out. I'm gonna figure out. I want to know if they can hear because then it's like it's funny. Then you can like time. So I want something to figure out. Time how long between trains? <laughs> We're gonna figure out a way through some of the software where you can get some of these these uh, ambient sounds out. I hope. If not, we're renting a, a space to record this podcast moving forward, which we should probably do anyways. Um, all right. Well, should we go to the next question? Is there anything else popping out on your heads just about Arizona that you can think of? Well, um, it, it's, it, the only other thing is that there are a lot of people out there that have David Johnson as their number one running back. Yeah, you it know, scares Jesus. It me, scares but. me too. I, I just, it's that's a lot of risk. What did you hear this uh, this week? Uh, who's the guy that said David uh, David Johnson's a a bigger version of uh, uh, Marshawn Falk? Marsh. Who said that? Uh, someone, yeah, I haven't heard yeah, that. Someone, someone on the team uh, said he's a bigger version of um, uh, Marshawn, Marshall Falk. 
so that's and that's, David Johnson's up to number three in uh, fantasy pros. Wow, at running back. We're on. Just so you know, just as a little pyro promo, Stag Party's putting his uh, rankings and the player rankings into the FantasyPros.com system. So we are one of the uh, premier experts there for for Anthony Stags and Stag Party, and we're also there for Pyromaniac. And the Pyromaniac version is our collective tiers. So our collective tiers is Pyromaniac, and uh, Stags is the other one. Well, let's go to the Atlanta Falcons. And, Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta. I was down there, uh, and I was actually staying at a hotel and watching that new stadium uh, being built. Isn't that crazy that they're already getting a new stadium after the – how long ago was that? Was that was the house that Dion built, so that was early 90s. It was basically like 93. That's not even the it's worst not even of that old, though. That's I mean. not old. Not really got rid they, – they, the Seattle uh, – I mean, the, the, the St. Louis Rams – Moved to LA and their stadium was built in like '98. Yeah, they went on that run in the Super Bowls right after they built it, and they don't, they, they don't have the amenities. You don't, you can't. You built a stadium less than 20 years ago, you cocks. <laughs> should have told us what you needed then. Yeah, uh, they should do it the way the White Sox do it. Just, just go bare bones at the beginning, and then just keep adding something every every three years. I remember the first time I walked in that that Sox stadium from the sec the second level. Like I was that, at the very it top. Was, it was ridiculous. It was, Vertigo causing, um, but Falcons hats off to them in that new stadium. They're going to be bringing the uh, concessions down so that fans can get pay, spend twenty eight bucks and get a family meal instead of twenty eight bucks being two beers, uh, which is the way it is at Soldier Field. I mean, holy crap! So there's tickets. I've got fit when I do go to the games. I've got the fifty yard line, second to last seats from second to last row from the back. It's one hundred and seventy five bucks or maybe eighty five base. Um, it's and then every beer is just so expensive. Yeah. The game is crazy, but I guess that's how we pay these people. Unfortunately, that's not one of the questions that we have for the Falcons. Ah, oh, well, let's ask that question then. Matt Ryan, come, will he become a fantasy option again, or um, what are you guys' thoughts on that one? Uh, you know what? You would think that he has the ability to, but at the same time, I don't, I'm not buying it anymore. I think that the NFL has kind of kind of moved past. You know some of these older school passers, and Matt Ryan, who doesn't have any ability to run the ball, uh, I think that really hurts him. And the fact that for whatever reason, Julio Jones has not been a 14, 15 touchdown guy. He, if he's going to become amazing, he needs Julio to do what he did last year in the yards, but Julio to be a 13 to 15 touchdown guy. I mean, he did everything else the same. His yards were the same. His completion percentage was nearly the same. Everything else was there for Matt Ryan except for the touchdowns. I mean, he had uh, a couple more turnovers, but those are generally negligible. Uh, so it, but the thing is, his high touchdown season is 32. Mm-hmm. But his average touchdown season is like 27 or 28. And that only puts him at like QB 14. Right. The league has just surged so much as a passing game that Matt Ryan is just now more average than sort of ever. I mean, remember it, talking this time last year, we are talking about Matt Ryan as a 5-7 to seven QB. Um, but the, doesn't it depress you the fact that he has what some of these other quarterbacks who are doing it don't have? And he's got one, wide receiver. He's got one player. The rest of his offense I made agree. up. Well, yeah, Mohamed Sanu. Okay, pasture, that's a mistake. A pasture prior to Karate White. You know, those type of guys. Then you got Devontae Freeman, who's one of the premier pass catchers coming out of the backfield. So he's got two very nice weapons. The question is, can the rest of this offense 
you know, the number two wide receiver, whoever it may be, whether it's Sanu or Justin Hardy or, or one of these unknown guys, or if Jacob Tammy can sort of keep up his decent play from last year, or if Austin Hooper can, you know, take a step forward, those are all major question marks. But even then, if he has his top fantasy season that he had a few years ago, he barely cracks the top 12. Well, my problem is that while he has all those guys, it's not necessarily for me asking those guys to step up. Is Matt Ryan the type of guy that makes players on his in his offense better? And from everything that I've seen throughout his career, it, you would maybe would have said yes within the first two, three seasons, but since then, I would say no. I would say that he's he's a guy that can can manage an offense, but he's not a difference maker when it comes to developing guys and taking guys to another level. And you know, well, we got to hope that his second season uh, in the system is going to help his situation uh, because. At times, some of those negligible fumbles that you, and turnovers you're talking about, they, they looked, game-wise and watching the film, they were terrible plays. Like, just, he really was just fumbling the ball and bobbling the ball. It's just like, it did, it did not look like he had the confidence of a guy that was the uh, third overall pick and, uh, you know, the first quarterback taken in that draft for sure. All right, we'll see. Matty Ryan, he's going so late that I so don't find myself like twentieth at, at, at quarterback right now. Yeah, and we have him ranked even lower. I think twentieth uh, or twenty-first. Twenty-first. All of us are kind of in that same zone. I think I'm twenty-one. You're twenty-one. You might be twenty with him. So this is another reason why this year, though, interjection: yeah. don't jump at a quarterback. Yeah. You don't need to. There's so many guys that you can sit out there and, and just and, and pick, and you're going to have an even better chance to do like Stags. Uh, uh, a theory of just going and, and playing it every week and just picking somebody up off the wire because it is so much deeper than it's been. And the separation is not that much from once you get outside those top four guys. Is that kind of a theory that you're going to run with this year? Are you, are you fired up on, on the uh, streaming the quarterback until you find one? Are you going to be going super late and drafting a bunch? Tell us like a little bit about here's the here and now. I know things have ebb and flow and evolve, but... Nope, this won't change. This I'm, won't I'm change. drafting quarterback later than round eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then... I'm hoping to get a guy like Marcus Mariota or Tyrod Taylor, who I think can be an every week starter, because the goal is not to stream every week. The goal is to pick a late quarterback who exceeds expectations. So, and then are you gonna draft two of them then, like like right after? Depends on the roster construction. Yeah. I mean, if Eli or Philip Rivers might slide to me in the tenth round, then I might not pick up a second quarterback. Uh, but if I take one of the little more unproven guys, then I might. But I usually don't take a back quarterback because you can find, you know, maybe even, you know, bigger name guys on the waiver wire this offseason or next season, and you might be able to find Matt Ryan there. You might be able to find Joe Flacco there. You just might be able to find some interesting guys going forward. Yep, I agree. Completely agree. All right, on that one, Atlanta Falcons. Tevin Coleman, was he going to get more work? Is he going to start eating into, remember he was a pretty high pick last year in the draft? Uh, got a little banged, banged up, but was looked like somewhat of an. He, he was getting some opportunity there, and then obviously we know that Freeman uh, took off and ended up being the running back number one in, in, in fantasy football last year. Can Tevin Coleman eat into that work? Uh, yeah, he absolutely can. Because I think one of the other things that they they noticed about Freeman, and if you were looking at his the way that his season went, he blew up early, and then he was accelerating, and then as you got toward the the last third of the season, he started to lose his legs a little bit. He started to, to slow down. He wasn't getting his, his uh, he was getting a lot of touches, but he wasn't getting as much production as he was early in the year. 
And I think that they, they like everybody else in this NFL, understands you are not going to do it with one running back. And if you're going to do it with one, he's not the one. So you need Tevin Coleman to be able to kind of, I think, do some of the other inside running and, and things like that, or just, just give him a, a, a work share so that Freeman's fresher. Yeah, and also, he had a six-week stretch from week three to week eight last season where he averaged over 4.6 yards a carry in every game. And then down the stretch in, the, in sort of the final six weeks of the season, his yards per carry per game was 3.4, yeah. 3.3, 2.2, 3.3, 3.4. Lost team. So he lost steam. You know, he's not a he's not a big guy by any means. So he's got that going for him. Um, also, you know, Tevin Coleman was a highly drafted pick who they like as a runner. They don't like his complete game as a running back, but they like him as a runner. And he averaged four point five yards on the season. You know, slightly better than Devonta, uh, markedly better than Devonta Freeman's ending up four point oh month. Right. So. They like his ability to run the football, but they don't like his ability to take care of the football because he had problems with fumbles last year. They don't like his ability as a pass catcher. So Devonta's not going to lose that type of work. And, you know, in the red zone, Devonta proved that he's also the guy there. So, yes, he could still carries, but are they going to be between the 20s where they're not really useful carries? That's what I worry about. Is he going to be a 150-carry guy next year? You know, sure, because Tevin Coleman, uh, over the last three games of the season, what or over the last three games of the season, got got 11 carries, but then the two weeks before that, he had 35 carries in weeks uh, 11 and 12. So they got him more involved, you know, down the stretch when he came back from his, I think it was a broken rib or something. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I, I expect him, listen, and you can also see what, that all the other experts are, are in the same boat as, as us. I mean, I don't know where we have Freeman now, but I think he's kind of dropped about like, do you want like eight for us or something right now? Yeah. He's, he's ninth in fantasy pro, so he's not a guy that anybody is really looking at as a top five guy, um, which I find to be interesting. So that's risky. If you're the yeah. highest that anybody has him out of all the people that are on there is fourth. Yeah. That's the highest he's ranked by anybody. Here's the thing I think Freeman, real small dude. He's got some strength, he's got some uh, thickness, but he's a short guy. Coleman, 6'1. Yeah. Uh, Coleman's got that speed, Coleman's been drafted. So just thinking about Coleman, the reason why I like him, it goes to something that Stag said a number of times on podcasts of old. I want the other side of, and I like Freeman. I think he could, if he falls you late in the second round, or uh, is, is there in the third uh, third round? Probably not. But I, I like him. But Tevin Coleman, if Freeman can't handle the load and gets banged up uh, uh, pretty pretty early in the season. Then you know. Then, then Tevin Coleman's going to be a beast. The other thing and I like that. I think it could happen. Coleman, even though if he can, if he can figure out his, his ball uh, control issues, he'll be the goal line back. Mm, I'm not sure. Well, well you don't that. go from scoring 11 touchdowns pretty much all in the red zone last season. I know. To being benched in the goal line. No, but it's, it's one of those things where when they get to the one or two yard line, if they're going to do that, or, are they gonna, or do they want to continue to play the, the trickster type offense and, and, you know, and, and spread it out and do those type of things? I don't know. What's Matt Ryan better than? Spread a little bit. Well, I know one thing. There, Matt Ryan's been talking up Kevin. He's been talking Tevin. He's been talking up uh, Freeman. He's been talking up everyone. He's being Mr. Nice Guy. But coming into a second year, the only thing that, that I've been hearing about Tevin Coleman, he's got that confidence. He knows the system. So we'll see. I think Freeman's obviously got every opportunity to, to run with it and have another great fantasy season. But stowing away and getting a later, much later around Tevin Coleman, and if something happens 
Uh, I like that a lot. Um, all right, let's go on to the next question there. Uh, wide receiver two, can it be you, Mr. Sanu? Oy, oy, oy. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm staying away from it. I don't want to draft it. I don't care who it is either. I, it's one of those things that you're going to have to prove it to me, and then I'm going to have to look at the waiver wire, and I'll probably still go, uh, i got to make a better case for somebody How else. much does it affect your – I know I'm the highest on Julio. How much does the fact that he doesn't have a better guy, a better second, a better wide receiver other than, like you said, Freeman, how much is that affecting where you're placing uh, the Sphinx, Julio Jones? Not at all. The only reason I'm putting Julio below guys like Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham is because they score more touchdowns. That's it. I mean, if he could suddenly have a 10 to 12 touchdown season, I'd feel much better putting Julio number one. This is the year, baby. I mean, the year. Then I'm depending on Matt Ryan to have a resurgence in this offense to throw more in the red zone, which they don't flat out do. Yeah. They're a run first team in the red zone. That's what scares me. So, uh, I just can't put Julio ahead of ODB because I know ODB is going to have 12 or 13. What's Julio going to have? Nine? Thanks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he's going over the, he's going to go over the 10 mark. Uh, he hasn't done that since uh, 2012. I get it. But uh, those two, 203 targets that he gets, it's just, I think it even goes up even more. I, 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 I can't see it going up anymore. It's going more. I can't. It's going up more. And he's going to get more touchdowns on those targets. Those target, those those um those target touches and looks numbers for Julio Jones just drive me nuts. And he's feels like he's he's health healthy enough where he's going to be able to go through the season. So I'm rolling on Julio. Obviously, um, as I've said, it's tough to tough to go over OBJ. Uh, tough to go over Antonio. Um, and but I'm doing it. Let's hit the next one. Let's hit it. Yeah. All right. All right. We're going to the Baltimore Ravens. Who catches? Uh, who catches the passes? What's the pecking order of that uh, wide receiver plus tight end crew uh, with the Ravens? Uh, give your give your chance. I know who I know who I like. I think there's two great wide receivers in that the, team. The Ravens are a hard team to just project. They've got what, like ten guys all vying for positions. Because even the running backs are worried about who's getting catches there. Because you got Javorius Allen, you've got uh, Kenneth Dixon, you got Justin Forsett. Then we get to the tight end position group. You got Benjamin Watson, you got Crockett Gilmore, you got Dennis Pitta, you've got yeah, Max, Max Williams. Williams. Then we get to the wide receiver core. Steve Smith, Kamara Aiken, Mike Wallace, Brashard Perriman, you know, even guys like Moore, Chris Moore. That there's just a lot of question marks on this team and a lot of talent. We just don't know how that's going to distribute, and that's something we need to see play out through depth charts and through training camp. We need to see Steve Smith, you know, get a vote of confidence because he's a 33-year-old coming off a, a torn Achilles. Well, that's not, that's not I'm, not worried about, I'm not worrying about that as much as, as he'll, he'll let you know. You'll see it from him whether he can play or not, and you'll see that when, when he gets his first opportunity in preseason. So I'm not the as— The thing is they're saying he's not going to get any preseason work. Yeah, you're not going to see him. Well— you know what, though? But again, he's not a guy that you're drafting to be a starter for you. So I don't think any of these wide receivers you're drafting to be as a wide receiver one, two, or three. So I'll take my chances on a guy what I know where, again, if he's not going to start for me every week, then I just want to know that I can, when he gets hot, and he does always, during his four-week stretch, I want to play him. 
Yeah. And as far as the other guy, Brashad Perriman's the guy that scares me the most. Because I'm just not touching Brashad. You can't. Why, how could you? Now he had the foot injury. That were, uh, yeah. And so now he's... But it's not as bad. They thought it was maybe be a season-ending injury, but now it's not as bad. It's a torn ACL, partially torn or yeah. torn, whatever you want but to call it. But it's at a point where it's not going to affect him. He's not going to need to have the surgery. So, so you know, Rashad Perriman, I just can't find a reason to draft him. There doesn't seem like he, he's a guy who's going to have to blow up on the waiver wire. That's that's all I can say about it. Um, I got one other thing to say about Rashad Perriman. Well, you've grown. I thought you looked familiar. Sorry, I didn't recognize you without crap in your pants. Yeah, I mean, he, he sort of crapped away his first season. Now he's potentially crapping away his second. But, you know, I'm starting to get more and more interested in Kamar Aiken, just what he was able to do on, um, you know, good targets. His measurable numbers are better than you think they are when you look him up. He's, he's got good size, good girth, good speed. He's got all these things that you like. He just didn't get an opportunity until last year. And then when we saw the opportunity... You know, he shined. But the question is, you know, Mark Trussman's a guy who likes to run his offense through one receiver. His wide receiver won last year averaged ten and a half targets a game. So that's big for fantasy football owners. You just got to figure out exactly who is going to be that number one. And I don't know if that's something we'll even be told in preseason no. because of Steve Smith being out. And then the rest of the guys, you know, Mike Wallace is worth a late flyer maybe just in case he gets – you know, Joe Flacco. We didn't even mention that he was in there, so. <laughs> no, I did. He I'll was my pinky. I'll tell you this. He, people seem to be talking and chatting up uh, him. Um, he's off my tears. I don't, <laughs> he'll call, he'll have a rebound season. He might have some a couple big games, but I just he'll, don't see him coming. I just, I'm off. I'm off his train. He'll give you. He'll give you 800 some odd yards. He's going to give you four touchdowns, and it's going to be that's. It's just being very generous. It's very generous for okay. him. Um, that because Flacco can throw the deep pass. That's the one thing that he has lacked is to have he's been open a lot of times and guys have just flat out missed him. Tannehill missed him for every every uh, for his entire stay in Miami. Since he left Roethlisberger, he has not been able to find anyone that can throw him a deep pass. Has anyone heard anything? Flacco is another guy you're not going to see right. in the preseason. Is there any news on him? I mean, uh, this whole team, this core team, it seems quarantined. But yeah, this, the core of this team <laughs> seems quarantined and hurt and scary. And um, I'm, I don't know. I was really high on Flacco to begin the offseason. And then I was hearing about how his knee's still pretty banged up and he's not running, he's not throwing, he's not doing jack squat. And then you start getting a little scared. I don't know. I don't like risking my fantasy season. Not that, again, I don't think any of these guys are starters, but even. I don't even feel like taking a Flyers later on injured guys. Well, look at this team. This, this is a waiver team. wire, guys. This is a team that's and been... And I like Aiken. I like Aiken. But this is a team that's been on its way, kind of steadily going in the wrong direction, right? I mean, you had to, once you lost Ray Lewis and everybody on the defense, it's like, then you lost Pernell McPhee to the Bears. They lost a couple other pieces. And then you go on offense and you have a guy that was your first round or first or second round pick is Bashad Perriman, right? First round pick. He doesn't play for you. Then he might still, and then he's still hurt. So you're not getting any production there. Then you're, you, you, you had Justin Forsett, who was a, what? He was a 27-year-old journeyman when you got him. And then all of a sudden you're trying to put your eggs in his basket. And the only person that you brought in to compete with him at the time was a Javorius Allen, who would, performed admirably, but was not going to be this super stud. So, They've not done a good job of refilling the the cupboard with everything that they've lost. And and they grab sorry, they grab Max Williams with what the second round. Yeah. Uh, and then they keep bringing in every tight end that's uh, in the world, and they keep on having uh, Pitta 
stick around. So they just like they don't really. It seems like these guys. What does that tell you about about how they feel about Max Williams? Obviously, they don't. They're not sold on him if they're bringing all these tight ends in there. I agree with that. Valverde. I must apologize for Wimp Low. He is an idiot. We have purposely trained him wrong as a joke. <laughs> Never doubt Ozzie Newsome, man. That guy is one of the best GMs in the game. But at a point, but sometimes, at a point you, sometimes you get old. You, and sometimes you just like stop paying attention for a year or two. And, and I think that they kind of you're sticking your own, you're sticking your own ways in the game. The, the game, game evolves around you. Exactly right. And I think he's trying to do that. He's got a stable back. So I mean, does any team have as many weapons potentially as this one does? Not saying many of them are proven, but the depth of weapons is a lot better than has been in Baltimore ever. I agree. So great for the Ravens, terrible for, for the fantasy, fantasy owners. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to head on over to the Buffalo Bills before that. All right. The Buffalo Bills. The Ryans. God damn, buddy. Passed away. We missed that guy. Guy changed the game like nobody else's business. But his knucklehead sons think they're the uh, putting together the right team. And uh, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. They seem to be. Uh, yeah, since they're coaching together, right? So yeah. can, can we can we like make characters for them of like Tweedledee and Tweedledum? Yes, done. We will do so. But but uh, one thing I did uh, re- I retweeted out this weekend. Uh, Richie uh, Incognito t- said on the Fourth of July. I said I'm playing Bruce Springsteen "Born on the Fourth of July" all day. If you want to change music, come fight me. <laughs> <laughs> what a mean end. I love that guy So I, re- I responded The Who's album Hashtag Meaty beady Big and bouncy <laughs> I guarantee you Nobody got it But Made me laugh Alright Carlos Williams Is he going to lose his job Because he's pregnant as well um, What's going on In the pecking order there Well they added Another running back In the draft They had Jonathan Williams Out of Arkansas Who didn't play last season uh, Suffered through You know Foot injuries Had surgery Basically didn't play a down last season after getting hurt leading up to practices in August. Uh, so, but the thing is, that guy's another short yardage pounder. I mean, Carlos Williams showed a little bit more as a pass catcher than we may have thought last season. He's got some skills and some size, but if he's going to be overweight, we know that's just not a good thing heading into camp. He's going to need to take this, you know, month, month and a half break and really, you know, work on himself. You know, while his wife's pregnant or if she gave birth already, I don't think it matters at this point. You need to give birth a couple times and then uh, lose a couple poundage or else your job's in jeopardy. Nothing is guaranteed going into your second season. Sounds like the wife as well. The wife needs to give have, have the baby, a couple of babies. They need to lose the weight too or they're out of, out of husband. The husband's like, you're old. You're looking real chunky since these babies. I'm moving, I'm moving on. I'm out of here. Uh, reasons why I'm not married. I agree with you. Carlos Williams obviously took the lead by storm uh, on a touchdown front last year, and everything seems to be geared up with this team from a fantasy standpoint in, in running and running and running. Um, God, he looked like a beast in those games, and he made some just incredible plays that on on, on, on the camera were just uh, remarkable. But all the talk, and we know that in OTAs, all the talk is positive, positive, positive. High fives, high fives, everyone's talking everyone up. All the talk about Carlos Williams has been negative. Never a good thing right now. No. And, you know, I just, I just, I don't like it. You know, when you, when you start hearing these type of 
rumors and, and talk this early in an offseason, a lot of times people say, oh, well, it's, it's a motivational tactic or whatever. No, but it's also, this is the NFL. This, this is a league where if you don't put up, they're going to cut you. And so I, I, it worries me a lot, especially when you have a guy like LaShawn McCoy who's getting longer in the tooth and has, you know, the ability to have injuries happen to him. You're going to have opportunities and he's shooting himself in the foot. Also, Carlos Williams is also being one of the highest drafted backups in the league. He's got a feeling of potentially like Niall Davis last year. Yeah, right. Like, where you think he's going to be the handcuffs and Charles McCoy go down, and then suddenly Mike Gillisley's getting snaps, Jonathan Williams getting short yardage work, and you're like, well, what just happened to my Niall Davis pick? Right. Oh, you had to bring up Niall Davis. You had to really give it to me, didn't you? <laughs> I'm, I'm just warning fantasy owners. <laughs> has, anyone seen, <laughs> has anyone seen the do-over on Netflix? I'll make this quick. Yes. Oh, my God. Were you dying? Yeah, it was pretty funny. Oh, my I've God. I've not seen this. It? I, I it was, is it's great. a Netflix special. But it is great. I was you know who else up. needs a do-over this offseason? Chicago Bulls front office after signing Dwayne Wade five minutes ago. They, they did? did? Yeah. He's on the Bulls? I love Dwayne Wade. Dude, at least that's something to be excited about. I, I, why can't how Dwayne much? Wade just play point guard for us? How and much? Cut for John Rondo already. They gave him three years. <laughs> I think they did. The yeah, number, they the contract only... numbers haven't been released. You know the Bulls; they don't do that. Well, they were gonna, they were the only team I heard offering him three years, and now we got so Rajon Rondo, Jimmy buckets, and Dwayne Wade. Is that's that like... going to be the winning triumvirate? No, but aren't you more excited to be watching them right now with D Wade on the team than not? It's not. Yeah, although money. I wish there's D. no Wade... rebuilding anymore in this league. To be honest, I wish D Wade would have come. See, to it's us the same thing with four the years ago. It's the same thing we with saw, the Sox. Well, we signed them as they're old and, and they've, they, they've passed their prime. They can't rebuild. You know, yeah. Reinsdorf just does not let them. It's about ticket sales. Sorry, boys. Stupid too. Yeah, guys. It's it's good this point. Is, there's there's times where you need to rebuild, and I think we're. Both franchises are at that point. Didn't we? We were close to it four or five years ago. It just didn't pan out. It's like, all right. So well, yeah. Then LeBron, they created the super team. But back to the Bills, not the super <laughs> team. Not the super team. Um, yeah, but I have general concerns that Carlos Williams and his high ADP could be this year's sort of Nile Davis. Look out, you know. Pay attention to guys like Mike Gillisley. Pay attention to Jonathan Williams in drafts. And then the only other question mark on this team is the number two pass catcher. I mean, is it Charles Clay by default? Is it Robert Woods? Or is it, you know, one of these young guys like Colby Listenby? Well, doesn't, doesn't Robert Woods probably take a step up since the biggest mistake that the Bills have made so far this offseason was not re-signing Hogan? You know, that's going to turn out to be a, a big mistake, especially since they're going to see him twice a year and he's probably going to go for 110 yards in each game against him. Well, you know... Double Belichick's gonna make sure he's gonna make sure Hogan. You're gonna in the first first practice of the week, first team meeting, like Hogan, we're gonna really give it to that fat ass Ryan. Yeah, be ready. And they're saying, of course, OTAs, he's looking great. Hasn't the ball hasn't touched the ground when it's gone over to him, and he he's definitely moved up my tiers big time. Ahead of uh, Amendola. Amendola is going to be moved. I, I feel like Hogan's We're not in New England, though. But I'll tell you this. With Buffalo, <laughs> Robert Woods, as much as that solidifies him for where he's at, doesn't make him any better. He's not going to be a guy that you're all of a sudden going to be like, oh, here comes a 1,100-yard receiver with uh, I mean, eight, nine touchdowns. He could see some bump. I mean, 
just volume. Right, but is it going to be an appreciable bump that you're yeah, really going to... Yeah, you can see like 130 targets and have like a Marvin Jones-like season minus the touchdowns. Okay. We'll see. It's not saying much. It's not saying much. <laughs> that's, not, that's all I'm saying. But when you're drafting him at wide receiver 70, you could do a lot worse. Well, right. But you're not going to get... But he also is not usually... He's never been that guy in his career that's going to give you that splash game of 180 yards and three touchdowns or two touchdowns. It's just not, not in his uh, repertoire. Oh, another idea for the for the Rex twins. Yeah. Uh, like, remember uh, the Wonder Twin powers activate? Yeah. Form of with Gleek. Like, put like Gleek on one of their shoulders and make them like yeah, yeah, stupid yeah. green suits. That could be a Fair good Fair enough. Idea. I like it. This, those guys look great in that suit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Woods, scary. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you, Stags? I'm still bewildered by Dwayne Wade and the Chicago Bulls and how that's going to work out. <laughs> Forget how it's going to work out. At least now when I'm sitting in a, on a on a January or in between waiting for the uh, for the for the Super Bowl to happen and there's nothing on television, I'll turn on a Bulls game to watch Dwayne Wade. If Dwayne Wade can stay healthy, he's, he's, he's a baller, but I agree. Well, I he'll, he'll play at least as many games as uh, Rose did last year. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter what we do. The, the champ... LeBron's coming out of the East, and he's playing against uh, Golden State. So I hoped that LeBron was like, "Hey, Dwayne, I'll give you some of that shoe money I got, and you can just take this con- take some dough, and just come join me with the Cavs because these guys are ganging up on us." All right, let's go to the Carolina Panthers, and that is Kelvin Benjamin. Will he help Cam's numbers? I mean, he has to help Cam's numbers. Are you still as high on him as you you, you were um, a month or two ago? I. I I'm high on him, but I'm, I'm, I'm aware that I'm not going to get him because I don't know where it's gone, but his ADP has just continued to just go up, up, up from it's where he was. He's at 22 now? Yep. Uh, you know what? He probably will be on my team. If I can get him around that point where if he's like my my third round pick, if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm yeah, sitting there, I can, uh, I, I can, I can, and he, he might even be there potentially in the fourth round then if that's the case. So if he's the 20, 20, uh, First or twenty-second wide receiver, and Benjamin. Look, I'm not sitting here telling you Benjamin's going to be a guy who's going to get fourteen, fifteen hundred yards and give you fourteen touchdowns. But he's a guy that could get you twelve hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. And I think he's going to get you at least ten. I think he's going to get you eleven hundred yards and nine touchdowns. No, he's going to get at least ten touchdowns. Ten? What do you think? Ten? Nine with like over a thousand yards. Yeah, I think he's going to be a solid wide receiver too. But I don't think he has that type of his game to get to a wide receiver one. His just efficiency numbers are awful. And if he plays anything like he did his rookie season, he is but, not going to get the ball. No, but that's his rookie season. season. Now he, he, you know, he's had a year off. And I think I think this is a guy who's hungry. So you still have the hungry leads coming back into it. He has the size. We know that. And I think he's got more ability. And again, what, what happens is when you're – he wasn't even playing with a lot of co- – you know, he was playing with a lot of confidence as a rookie. But it was confidence of just – going out there and getting shit done, not knowing how the game was flowing. I think he has a much better read of the game now, and I think he'll be able to find his spots better, and I think he'll know how to take advantage of it. Great. He still can't catch the ball. (laughs) (laughs) He's just not a very good wide receiver. Like, he's a tight end. I don't know. I I would rather see Cam throwing to him than all the the smorgasbord of mediocrity that he had had on his uh, team last year. So well, and uh, look at look at the fact that Greg Olson is not a guy that is a dominant red zone um, target. So Kelvin Benjamin, I mean, I think it's an easy ten touchdowns. I hope so. I think he can, he's going to keep. He seems to be the kind of guy who's going to keep falling as opposed to getting hot as the drafts start happening. Um, all right, 
regression from uh, the fantasies, uh, their best players, and uh, that great season that they had last year? I mean, it's hard to repeat a 15-1 and season. It's hard to repeat being number one at the position. It's just hard to repeat career years, and, you know, some of those numbers are going to have to come back down to earth. Is How, he gonna hard s- to repeat career years? Career year beware? What? Is yeah. was Cam in there? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I yeah. mean, those numbers are just hard to repeat when you suddenly, you know, nearly just come out of nowhere and increase your fantasy output to places, you know, it's never been before. It's hard to keep it at those heights. But, yeah, he's got that built-in rushing that gives you a safe floor. And, you know, his touchdowns have fluctuated every year. You know, touching uh, passing touchdowns for, uh, went markedly up last year. So those numbers, you know, have a chance to come down. Could he still be the number one? Yes. Is it likely to happen? Maybe. But there's other guys gunning for the job, and that's going to be – that's going to be <laughs> – Go ahead and put – go ahead and put it. <laughs> there's other guys that want to be number one. Uh, so his ADP now is, is – he's obviously – he's number one, just above uh, uh, Rodgers. And yeah. uh, o- overall, he's probably going – 22. 22 overall. Well, it makes me say, Val Birdie! Oh, that's a nice little. Do you need a glass of water or something? Geez, at least cover your mouth. We're all going to catch it. (laughs) Chicago Bears. Should should I at least tell people what we're listening to? Yeah, let's give the wolves. This is uh, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. So this is. uh, one of the produced things by Bob Odenkirk, uh, uh, of better of uh, Better Call Saul. Okay. Okay. So Chicago guy, and this was basically they took like a uh, was it, was it was it an actual just like an old kung fu movie, and they just dubbed it over, or did they no, actually record they, it? They shot they an shot entire movie, <laughs> as but a then cheap. they did the like Japanese voiceovers, but it's the so entire bad. movie was shot in English. Uh, and it's just it's a awesome. smorgasbord of awfulness that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> nice. So Hootie. awful, it's great. What are you drinking, Houdini? I got the, uh, well, what's not all over the rest of your house right now is Ballast Point Big Eye India Pale Ale. Nice. I've got a Lagunitas IPA. I basically uh, cleared out the refrigerator from uh, my 4th of July festivities and uh, just got a smorgasbord of stuff happening. But IPAs from Lagunitas is where I'm Rolling most. Kevin White. Who is he? He's a receiver for the Bears. Great. Uh, I love I love that. That's <laughs> great. Fun. Who who are you, Kevin White? Nobody knows. He hasn't played the league yet. He could be a fucking nobody. <laughs> That's true. It's another guy. Could be David Terrell. <laughs> and we mentioned it. Oh, please don't be a David Terrell. Remember <laughs> the David Terrell watch in the Sun Times or whatever. Just nothing but it was every Thursday or Wednesday. Nothing but trying to just. The little David Terrell. <laughs> Only Scottish. So, yeah, Kevin White, as we talked about last week, is just a player with such a wide array of outcomes that you have to draft him a little bit lower in your draft than talent you know, says because he could be like a 5-for-50 type receiver every week or he could be a guy who just goes out and blows up the season. I think, though, he has the advantage of having, with Alshon Jeffrey there, if Alshon Jeffrey is healthy, um, then he gives him protection. And he gives him an ability to not have to worry about teams focusing on him because no, he hasn't played in the NFL yet. So other teams, 
You talk about beginning of the year where he'll have an opportunity where he can really show what his skill set is. And if you, you, if you play against number twos and you burn them, then all of a sudden it's going to turn out some hard way through the year. So it's one of those things, too. If he demonstrates that he is the top end, like you're saying, you know, this ridiculous talent, and but then defenses are going to start paying more attention to him, you know, because he is a burner. Jeffrey's not a burner. Jeffrey's a jumper and a leaper. You know, and, and White supposedly is one of these guys that is also supposed to be fearless about going across the middle, you know, running the Jerry Rice patterns. So we're going to see if he can make those short pass uh, slant catches and take them and, and run with them, you know, do the Des Bryant and the Demarius Thomas. I mean, the questions are just there. He's got to get on the field and prove it. He's got to prove that he knows the playbook, and he's got to prove it finally against NFL competition, which we didn't get to see any of last year. So there is major question marks to go along with his talent. So get on the field, and then we'll let you know more of who he is. But I'd say draft him as a wide receiver three flex. You know, if he's your starting wide receiver week one, you're not going to feel great about it. No, it's a lot. It's a lot of it's a lot of what ifs, and that's that's tough to go into a season with. I mean, I want him on my team, but I want him as a I want him as my first reserve. Yeah, he's got a lot of upside. Who could win you championships? But the question marks are definitely there. Absolutely. All right, um, tight end Zach Miller. I think at this point in time, you're, you're pretty much staying away from them. The only time that you're going to be able to look at these guys is, as uh, uh, waiver wire options, and you're just going to maybe have to look at a matchup situation. I don't if think you can stay away from Zach Miller. You like him? I like him. His his numbers during the last five weeks of the season is top five tight end. So when given a chance last season, but yeah, he's got major injury concerns. But you you not you wouldn't you wouldn't draft you wouldn't draft him. He, he he's like absolutely draftable. He he's like. going as uh, tight end sixteen or seventeen. So well, I'm drafting in a lot of leagues. I I, I just. I'm I'm I, understand, tight end I, that. I understand what you're saying. It's just that I just don't feel the need. Like what you're talking about where you're probably going to only draft one quarterback, I really don't feel the need to draft two tight ends. I feel that I'm just going to go get the one tight end that I want. I'm going to get one of the top five. And after that, I'll find one. I mean, it's not like it's hard to find a tight end. I like – we've talked about – I've said this before, but I like getting two of those studs. And everyone's like, what? You had one. You already had a tight end during draft. You're like, now I got two, buddy. Well, I'm going to think where I can play like, to. You're not going to do it. And then you go in, you got you grab another one of those top three-tier guys and stick I'm in a league where you can do it and tight ends actually have a, a more favorable scoring uh, strategy. But if I'm doing that, if I'm grabbing two tight ends, it's like what you're saying. He, Miller's not one of them. Yeah. Well, well, and, I, and I don't think he's saying that either. No. He's not. But if you're, he's saying if you wait till the end and he wants second tight end, then... This is a guy that, that, that he, he, he'd like to have. So, we'll see. I guess it's, you know, the, 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 they got rid of the unicorn. Yeah. They gave away for fucking Clark's uh, nuts on Clark. Uh, nothing. Well, think about nuts on Clark. Was it, was it, was Desmond Clark still here when Cutler was here? Was it he got some touchdown passes from Cutler, or was that way too early? I know, he was. Definitely. Um, all right. I'm staying away from that position the Bears, another thing that I'm staying away from, and I was high, um, I was high on Langford, you know, at the, be, uh, at the beginning of, after the Super Bowl, but now with the Howard pick, what's the other guy? Kadiki Carey. Yeah, Carey. Um, I don't know, man. I just want to kind of, I don't know, I want to crawl in a hole when I think about that backfield. I just don't 
know what's going to happen out of that. And I feel like Howard could be the guy that could be the touchdown vulture and get that barely any yards, but to be getting the, the ball in the, in, within the 10. And uh, Langford needs to bust, bust some long ones for him to have a great season, I think. I'm staying clear of the Bears running back situation. What are your guys' thoughts? I mean, that's a good take. I do like Langford's ADP a lot more than I did earlier in the offseason. He's going as like running back 13, now he's down to running back 23. So it's much more palatable. Um, yeah, the question is, all his numbers came last season in pretty much two or three plays. You know, <laughs> like everything he, all his fantasy value came off three plays. <laughs> And then, well, what did he have? Three point six yards a carry at the end of the year. If yeah. he had like was an eighty yard catch and a seventy yard run or whatever it was. Yeah, pretty much. And then they drafted Jordan Howard. They got Kadeem Carey. They brought um, Jaquiz Rogers back because they don't think you know he could be a dominant third down back as he dropped uh, like seven of his forty nine catchable passes. So those numbers all need to improve. He wasn't a great you know pass blocker and limited duty. So. All, there's question marks for each of these guys. And, and there's also the fact John Fox likes to use a couple That's guys, and then they're all just going to eat into each other's value. But Langford's not a guy I'm going to reach for. But yeah. if he falls in the sixth round, I think that's when I'm ready to take a chance. I'm just, I worry, like, like the, you guys have both made great points, and the point for me that I'll just always lay on it is just as John Fox. John Fox is not going to let one of these guys get anywhere close to you know, they'll probably each have, what, about 210 carries each or something like that. Maybe Howard's going to get 180. That's the problem. Howard's going to get 180 carries. Oh, yeah. they, they're going to give him the ball. So, um, I just, you know, you're not going to get anyone close to 250 carries or, or even 300 total touches with, with receptions either. So, I think that that just hurts the overall top end of them. And you've got to hope that only for Langford, is, is he going to show you those flashes? But, or is he going to be the guy who gets who goes down on first contact? Yeah. Oh, the Bears. The I'm, Bears. I'm actually pulling back. I'm, I, I've gone to a bunch of games each of the last two seasons. I think I'm going to go to maybe one or – I'm definitely going to go to that Titans game. We should go to that Titans game. Uh, I think I'm going to that game. I'm going to okay. the Titans, Jags. Um, I want to go to the Jags. I'm going to the I, Eagles opener the second week of the season on Sunday night and the um, – Packers game, I think. Do you guys want to go see the Packers uh, at Lambeau? On that Thursday night? I've never done it in my life. I've never done the Lambeau trip. Oh, I've done it. It's fun. You've done it? Have you done it? I've They're been, not as I've mean as, the, as the Bears fans are to them. What's that? Been to Lambeau, never seen a game there. I, I've never been to anything. We should we should maybe think about that that operation. I want to check that out. That would be awesome. Packer fans are a lot nicer to Bear fans than Bear fans are to Packer fans when they come to And Chicago. there's the new Minnesota Stadium. Yeah, I like that one, too. I like that one. Oh. Let's talk about the Cincinnati yes. Bengals. All right, Bengals. Um, let's go wide receiver two. There's Tyler Boyd. Boyd basically is LaFell. LaFell. Uh, I can't. I can't say that guy's name. Jake Camarillo, who's a, guy, a Chicago guy from yeah. South Belgium. Yeah. Uh, played for actually the guy I used to work with uh, at right. South Belgium. Um, and then there's you know other guys there, but none are proven. No. You know, LaFell had maybe one good season in the NFL with Tom Brady and then has a chance to do a repeat thing and played like dumpster Rare, fire. Yeah. Um, He's never so, lived up to expectations. The thing is, LaFell's probably going to get the job early, but Boyd's also going to be there and he's going to be the wide receiver three. But is this, I, 
this team could operate totally differently with Hugh Jackson leaving. I mean, could, could they run a lot more two tight end sets? Could they run, run a lot of two running back sets? Like, I don't know exactly how this offense is going to fluctuate, especially without, you know, a plethora of wide receiver talent. Well, with Ken Zampezi, he, one of the great quotes that I, I saw from him that I thought was uh, interesting is the fact that he's not coming in. He's called, you know, Hugh Jackson. People love him. He's done a lot. He did a lot of great things for the Bengals. He's a beloved coach in the NFL. One of those guys that every year he didn't get a head coaching job for the last 10 years. People are calling bullshit. They're not giving the black guys the coach, the black guys the coaching gigs. He deserves it. He deserves it. He's got his shot in Cleveland, which is awesome. But one of the things that I, I'll give a quote here from uh, Ken Zampezi is the fact that he said, uh, and this is in regards to Dalton, and I guess in where Dalton goes, where this offense goes. The challenge now is not just to keep him there, but push him forward from there. Uh, there is a lot of meat left on that bone, and we'll go find it. I like that. So I feel like it's going to, it's going to, they're going to go for it. They're still going to be, and, and this means a lot for AJ Green. What do you got? Uh, also, in the last week, uh, Hugh Jackson was named the third best head coach in the NFL uh, by NFL Network. With never Rick, coaching a game. Well, he played. He, he was the coach for. He was coach for the Raiders. Oh, that's right. But but still, third best. Come on now. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll get we'll get the network. We'll get the Cleveland NFL. next. We'll get the Cleveland next. It was NFL Network or NFL.com. I thought that was crazy. So, but besides that. You know, this offense also is talking about running the two running backs together more. And that's something that could be good for both Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill. Because Hill's got fullback-like size, and Gio can just do a lot of things on the edges. So that's good for both guys, in my opinion. Uh, other than that, I don't know if I want to own any of the wide receiver twos. No, I don't know about the wide receiver twos, but I do like Giovanni Bernard because I do believe that they're going to be lacking with some of the other guys that are not there in the offense. So from the, the pass-catching standpoint, I think that's also why they're talking about working with those guys both out there at the same time. So that, that's a big, huge benefit for Gio. Gio, who uh, after really kind of showing up at the beginning of the year, then he kind of disappeared uh, as, as the year was going on. And Hill wasn't doing anything all that spectacular. But Gio is the guy who you're not going to have to draft as high, but has the potential that if he can add himself – 20 receptions from where he was last year, which I think is absolutely feasible without the uh, the wide receivers that they have there now, that all of a sudden he becomes a much stronger, more viable running back. And I like that. If they're playing together, then I like it. Because then if they audible out of the play for Hill, they, then he could dump it off to Gio. But here's the problem that I have with Gio right now. His ADP, he's the highest ranked backup. He's a top, he's going, Right now his ADP for Gio is uh, 27. So I don't consider him a backup. Though. I don't either. I, I consider him a guy that I can play. But you know what I mean? Though. He's got a running back that's getting drafted. Seventeenth is where eighteen is where Hill is. He's 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 the the Bengals have got the highest one-two punch. Let's read into ADP it. Wise. Let's read into it because the way that I read into that is that Hill is a guy that could be should be uh, if he was at the top of his game a potential top around twelve ranked running back. Because of his touchdown, and ability. I like his ADP. And I think what happened was that Giovanni Bernard is a guy that probably started out closer to forty, as a, at least he did for me. And I, I just continually moved him up because I have, and I'm a guy. I'm a guy who has uh, Jeremy Hill in two dynasty leagues. I'm not believing in Jeremy Hill, and I think that with with Hugh Jackson gone, I think that that commitment to just give the ball to this guy, whereas 
Geo has more of a potential to break a big play for you. Yeah. And I think that when you're talking about meat on the bone and the things that, that they're looking for to come out of this office, they want more big pop plays. They don't want these uh, boring two and a half yard run, two and a half yard run, uh, another incomplete pass and we punt. Also, the meat on the bone refers to the pace of play because they ran at one of the slowest paces in the league over the last couple of seasons. So we could see some more hurry up and other things from Dalton. Um, Besides that, I don't have anything else. Well, just remember that Dalton went down, and with, before that happened, they, they were the talk of the town. Obviously, Hill had come down a little bit, and Giovanni looked a little better, but everything from their record, from the fantasy prowess, that, 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 that both, uh, obviously Dalton, his progression was amazing, but once he got hurt, all of a sudden, it was just like, kind of a vacuum. So, it'll be good to see if they, what, what, what they can do, and... Um, I'm not scared of taking AJ. I'm not scared of taking Dalton. And I'm not scared of taking Hill or Giovanni either. I am scared of taking the guy that's out, and that's Eifert. And that's my boy from last year. Uh, Cleveland Browns, QB battle. Well, they got the best coach, so we don't need to talk about that. Um, Hugh Jackson, third best coach ever. What is the evil council's plan? Huh? It is evil. Nah, it is so evil. It is a bad, bad plan that will hurt many people that are good. I think it's great because it's so bad. <laughs> just, I think Cleveland is so great because they're so bad. We just recorded the inside of an ISIS cave. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland Browns, you, we're, don't, we're not going to hold back. We held back on Pyro for you. You guys won the championship. All bets are off. We're going back to those mistake by the lake comments. We're going back to all this stuff. We're so nice to you. We're proud of you. We're congratulating. You're a champion now. Cleveland so against the world. We're part of the world. We're not going to be soft on you on fantasy or any other battle. Uh, so let's talk about the QB battle. RG3 versus Mr. McCown. Who do you think is winning it? Versus Cody Kessler because you can't count yeah. out the rook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thing is, I think it's going to be RG3's team from day one. If he struggles, then look at McCow. Uh, but I just think, you know, Hugh Jackson's got to give it to his boy RG3 a little bit. They've got to see if he can rekindle anything that RG3 might have had in the past, because that would just give, you know, Cleveland a big head up in their rebuilding process. Uh, starting Josh McCown from week one is not going to give them anything for rebuilding. Uh, you know, RG3 could potentially be the viable starter there, should he you know, prove it. And he's got to prove it on the field because that's all that matters now. You don't bring in a guy like RG3 after he was, you know, this is a guy who was, what, was he number two two pick in that yeah. draft? You don't get, bring in this guy and then sit him because you're bringing him in a change of scenery after he had this horrible situation that happened to him in, in Washington, how it all fell down, fell apart for him. Josh McCown is a career backup who has even played ever a full 16-slate season? I don't think no. so. So why wouldn't you even give him the chance? You're giving RG3 every opportunity to take the ball and run with it, literally, and hope for the best. So it's his job to lose. It's his job until he loses it and gives it away. Let's move on. Dallas Cowboys. Tony Romo. Is he going to return to the Tony Romo? Of a couple of the seasons, or is he going to return to the IR like Tony Romo likes to do as well? I'll, I'll jump on this one first. I'm, I'm just, I, I know, I'm not high on him. It's just, it's over all the years and of all the injuries that he's had. Was it two different uh, uh, 
collarbone, his broken his collarbone twice. He's he's okay. had both sides. Yeah, um, he's had both. rib injuries. He's had it's like it's like when you look at the attrition on him, it's just kind of scary. You know, I the other thing, the reason why I don't like him is there's a reason why uh, you guys have all been high in Ezekiel Elliott. Because Ezekiel Elliott's going to give him some of the best protection now that he can have because he's going to say, hey, he's a legitimate running back. We're going to give the ball to 20-plus times a game. And if they are going to feed him like that, that's the thing that helps him to stay healthy. But it doesn't help him from a fantasy standpoint to put up monster stats. Well, it actually helps him in a way because it increases his efficiency, especially on play action, well, yes. which is where Dallas dominates. And then when they had DeMarco Murray in 2014, that's where they dominated because they would give it to him on two downs, and then suddenly he'd throw a bomb to Des Bryant, and everything came together in that season. But Tony Romo's best fantasy season ever would have ranked as QB 14 last year. And wasn't that in 2007? Uh, yeah, uh, He's 36 years old. No, but there was like there was a year was, old was, I, when I remember when he like emerged on it was, it was I think it was 2007. It was uh, the year that him and Favre were both having like redonkulous. Seasons. That was his second best fantasy. Second best fantasy. No, that was his best. I what I said was his second best. So his actual best would have ranked like eighth. But that's the whole point. The league his moves and his passed. best was back in 2007. Yeah. The only reason why that's I like Romo five years ago. The reason why I like Romo is is simple. Dez, Zeke Elliott, I, st- I, I like the, I like those two weapons and the strength of schedule. That's it. Is he a, he's a guy that I, I'm thinking is going to be a, a backup quarterback for me? Yeah. And if I wait if I wait super long, yeah, I'm not going into battle with thinking that Tony Romo is going to be number one. Bell-Bay. Worst opener ever. <laughs> Stinky pits and all, baby. <laughs> uh, I like. I, uh, I I went to. I was in the lake house for uh, for Fourth of July, and I didn't shower at one point for four days. I had some stinky pits. <laughs> stinky pits. Oh, I had stinky French. pits and French. pits. Same pits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so besides Tony Romo, you know. And you know about all the other weapons. You know about Des Bryant. You know about Ezekiel Elliott already. You know about Jason Witten. Is Terrence Williams ownable again? No. Is Cole Beasley ownable? No. You Is know, Darren McFadden or Alfred Morris the guy to own behind Ezekiel Elliott? I like a Morris. I just don't think Morris is that good at running the football. But he's got that great team, and if something does happen to The thing to is, he's always ran in a zone scheme, so now he's coming to a power scheme. How does that translate? I don't know. We'll see. He's got a great. He's got a great, great crew in front of him. I if Elliot goes down. He's, he goes. He goes so late. Yeah. Yeah. I. I think no matter what, even if it's uh, McFadden too, if you're going to go that route, if if Elliot were to get hurt, those guys are going to get played. They're playing behind a great line, so it's it's worth a gamble. You know, late for a backup. Now, depending on which way you want to go, me, I'd probably still go Darren McFadden just because he has the more multiple as, uh, aspects to his game and can also be a guy who can break a bigger play. Whereas Alfred Morris was the longest play in his career, it's like a forty-three yard run. I want to say <laughs> so. This is not a guy who I'm, I'm counting on to ever give me a, a monster performance. So, um, and outside of that, with the 
and I've been the guy who's the the, the highest on the Terrence Williams type thing. I just keep the, discussing him for you, don't. And, and the fact that well, no, and the fact that the fact that I'm telling you how I feel about Tony Romo at this stage of his career leads me to believe that no, I'm not buying into the Terrence Williams thing, and I'm thinking that Tony Romo at this point is also why I'm into Dez is because I think while Romo's healthy, he's going to go to the guy that is going to have the best chance at this point in time in his career to get him anywhere, and that's going to be Des Bryant as much as possible. But what happens if Romo sucks like you think he might or gets hurt? It's all bad. I'm staying then, away. Then <laughs> Des, but, but you're going to have you, – you're Des. You're going to yeah, be a guy you know, that likes well, Des. So what happens to your boy in, in, in that situation? I don't mind. Who's the, the, the backup? Eaton? Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. I, the, the fact is they'll be playing from behind. It's one of those things, and then you're just hoping for volume and, and for Des to do Desbian things. That's all I can hope for. And I think that Des is one of those crazy freak of nature type guys that can be a guy who can who can do like the ridiculous stuff off of the Jerry Rice five, seven yard catches and, and turn him into something. I agree. And if he's healthy, every time he goes to the sideline and Kellen Moore is the is the quarterback, he's gonna go right up and say, Kellen Moore, if you don't freaking throw me yeah. the ball in the next three plays, I'm gonna whoop your ass in the locker room after. Yes, sir. But you got it, buddy. What you lose from that is you're gonna lose the big downfield plays from where you know he's able to, they're able to use like the play action completely effectively, or that they're able to Romo being able to to, to lay out a nice pass for him. That's going to be trouble. Yeah, because I agree. Yeah, that that's a noodle arm right there. Noodle arm. Noodle skis. All right, let's go to the Denver Broncos, and um, we'll talk about the QB battle there. Stags, I want to hear from you. You got Sanchez. You got Pax. Uh, Paxton, and there's another guy that you that don't you think that's going to be in the mix? Trevor Simeon. They were saying all three of these guys are going to be in the mix. Uh, problem is, I don't know who's in the lead. Every, every reporter every day has a different guy. So I think, you know, out in one QB leagues, these guys aren't even in consideration. Uh, in two QB leagues, super flex leagues, you know, you got to think about one of them, who you're going to put your, uh, your money on. I think it's going to be guys getting care, uh, starts throughout the season. I think Mark Sanchez is going to get a couple to start, and then maybe Paxton Lynch later. Um, I, I don't really want to put my money in any of their baskets, though. <laughs> I was going to say, earlier when you said put my money on, I was going to say egg in the basket. Yeah, I like the way you went, money in the, money in the basket. Money in the basket. <laughs> um, I'm going to put the bread in the uh, in the egg containers, and I'm going to go with... You're making French toast? Sure. Um, I like Paxton Lynch the best out of these guys, especially like if you're in like a league like yours, you're in that rookie league where you got a guy that has the potential to come in and have a world-class defense that's, that's playing on the other side of the ball and then be able to have still have amazing weapons like he will have in, in, the, in the passing game. Um, that's the guy who I would trust the most. Mark Sanchez is just a guy that... You know, when you're ranking, where is he, like number 31, 32, ranked a quarterback? It's not a guy that you're going to be drafting. And he's a guy that you're going to be looking at waiver wire type stuff. So if you're going to do any type of investment, it's an investment in the future. So you got to go with Lynch. Sanchez's ADP right now is 30 on uh, fantasy pros. And Lynch is probably like 35, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not much of a difference. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Yeah. He's 35. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we should talk about these guys much longer. No, it's just, just something we've got to see play out. But the real question is receivers. How does this affect them? Yeah. I, I don't think any of the quarterbacks really affect Emmanuel Sanders or, you know, Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas is still going to get a boatload of targets. 
And no matter how inefficient he is, inefficient. I like it. I like it. New I like it. Sounds like it. Sounds like a, a new car by um, <laughs> the by Infinity. The Infinity by Pontiac that doesn't exist, or Saturn, <laughs> or um, or, uh, or Buick. No, Buick. <laughs> Buick still exists. <laughs> inefficient. Uh, no matter how inefficient he is with his targets and you know scoring touchdowns off of that. You know, he's still going to get a boatload of targets, and that's a main thing in fantasy football that you need to happen. I'm a little bit more concerned for Manuel Sanders um, because I just don't know what's going to happen. He he caught more balls than Demarius Thomas down the stretch, and then, you know, all those things seem to happen. You know, he caught some more touchdowns than him. Everything happened for Sanders down the stretch, but then looked at his season-end numbers, and they weren't great. But he's being drafted as wide receiver 32, where I think you're getting a little bit of value out of him, but not too much. I don't don't disagree. Uh, Before we move on to uh, the Detroit Lions, I'm going to give a little pyro promo. Uh, We had had a great three days. It just tells me it's fantasy time. Great three days on the uh, fantasy uh, football draft kit that we're doing, the pyro fantasy football draft kit version 4. Um, it's been a great three days. I've been fired up on the sales, so hats off to you people uh, that have bought it previously or bought it for the last three days. And if you haven't you listened to our show, do us a favor. We put a lot into that draft kit, and it's really one of the few things that uh, we're able to kind of uh, monetize and sell and uh, support us and pick it up. It's $20. If you pick up uh, version 4 today, you'll get version 5 sometime in, 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 in J- uh, July, probably. I think we're trying to shoot for July 20th, but it'll be a day or so around there. Um, I think it's just awesome. It's a weapon of mass destruction. It should be illegal. Badass. Uh, 22 tabs of awesomeness. I'm looking at it right now while I'm on the show. And just what we put into that stack party runs that party. Um, strength of schedule has been updated and now we've got playoff games and I don't need to go through it too much check out the website go to the right now it's a Greg Olson the back of Greg Olson graphic it's nice uh, bright blue pick it up there's an icon in the upper right hand corner on the homepage of pyromaniac.com that has you know the draft guy pick it up it's I'm going to tell you right now if you're listening to this, uh, one of our three-hour podcasts, and you haven't picked up one of our draft kits for $20 and two rounds of drinks, at this point, it's basically two days of McDonald's. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's a no-brainer, and it's going to help you win the money. It's going to help you beat the, those suckers that you're in those leagues against, and it's just a no-brainer. And it's, it, 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 You win championships year-round, and you need to start studying now. Not in August. Not, not, not waiting until... A uh, few days before your drafts, like the most of the guys in your league, pick up this draft kit. You'll get automatically all version five, six, and seven. We agreed, right? We're going to seven um, right before. Don't hold me to that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but we're uh, pick the thing up. It's a, it's a it's a weapon of mass destruction. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Oh, Taco Bell. Taco Bell, product placement with Taco Bell, Injerito Macho Barito. Nice, nice, nice. All right, well, actually, before we get to the Detroit Lions, we need another product placement. Holla for a dollar. Literally. Detroit Lions, <laughs> Jones, or Tate. 
I'm a Tate guy. I like Tate. I like his the way he can run after the catch. I think uh, I like I like the whole situation for all the receivers because now they don't they're not beholden to, to keep Megatron happy. Even Stafford has said that himself. He's essentially said in the last two weeks. I don't see us missing a beat that much. Uh, I think you've got maybe, maybe Megatron. He has more control in the. We can spread around. Yeah. It's like anything. You, when, you, when you've got it, maybe Megatron's a beast, but you got to feed the beast. And when you don't feed the beast, there's unhappiness on the sideline. There's unhappiness in the locker room. There's unjust in the offense and, and um, unrest. Unrest. I'm saying unjust. Me. Unjust. Uh, <laughs> but the, the fact is, there's no Megatron. So now. Stafford can just drop back and get it to the person that's got the best matchup, the person that's open. I agree. I, I do like Golden Tate better myself. He's sitting there right now, um, obviously a much higher ADP than, than a Marvin Jones. Um, Marvin Jones, is to me, is, is just a guy that is – it's going to be interesting to see how he fits into this offense. I think he can actually – he, he may have a better chance to outperform his ADP just because of the fact that it is so. He's it's, like it's lower. It's 38, 38 versus 22 for Golden Tate. I still think you're getting a good value of Golden Tate at 22 because Golden Tate showed you many times when Calvin Johnson wasn't in there what he could do as the number one receiver. And it was a bunch of 100-yard games and touchdowns scored. Um, Marvin Jones, here's the thing for him. His best season, it was like the ridiculous – Touchdowns. It was like uh, eight or ten touchdowns he had. It was like three of them in one game. It was like five in like in two weeks. So, is Marvin Jones a guy that could be what Golden Tate was for Calvin Johnson? Can he be a thousand to eleven hundred yard receiver? I I don't know. I think he could maybe be a thousand yard receiver. I don't know about eleven hundred yard receiver. One thing I'll say about the, the the Golden Tate, which is our favorite name for him. Talking about those hundred yard games. Two years ago, five of them. Last year, Zilchki. Yeah. And that the thing is with Jim Bob Cooter, the offense completely changed. They used Golden Tate more towards the red zone. He had more red zone targets than Calvin Johnson over that stretch of Cooter. Um nothing. <laughs> no, that stretch in the cooter? Stretch of cooter? <laughs> to be honest, all of, I wasn't even really paying attention. So once you say cooter, I'm just thinking about like camping, fishing, and then a couple hot bras and uh, American flag bikinis floating by. When you girls are done kissing, I've got some ass kicking for you! I mean, I, I like both with their ADPs, though. I think you can get value out of both. I think they'll both outperform their ADPs, and that's going to be a good thing for fantasy owners. Um, besides that, it's all about this backfield. Who gets touches? Is it Amir Abdullah? Are they going to use Zach Zenner as the third down back? Is the reinvigorated Stephen Ridley going to be a factor like he was early in his New England career? Uh, uh, are they actually going to give Theo Riddick more carries? Lots of questions. Not in, a lot of answers right now. In standard, I'm roll, I'm taking a chance on Abdullah and seeing if he can uh, come to play. I like his body. I like his skill set. I think they went high on him. Now, obviously in PPR, it's a Riddick show. Whew, I don't know. I, I can see myself rolling the dice on Abdullah in, uh, in a few weeks. A couple weeks. Yeah. I'm trying to only do a few weeks. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there you go. Amir Abdullah is going to be an interesting guy. You know, for where he's going, if I can get him as my... I do like to have him as my fourth running back, but I think he's pretty much going to be going around like my, where my third back thirty. 
Yeah. So it depends on where I'm going on running backs. I, I, he's not a guy that I, I have high on my radar. Like, oh yeah, I really want to get a piece of him. Agreed. It's, it's not on my radar. Don't you think though? There's enough people that um, I think he's going to slide. I think he's going to be available. He could. A lot of these guys that were uh, the rookie last year did not like superly impress. They're going to they're going to slide. There's a number of teams that on draft day, I don't care what their ADPs are, I don't care what our rankings and cheers are, uh, preseason, I don't care what happens. There are a few teams in fantasy football that things slide, and on draft day, no one wants to go near. And Detroit Lions, especially now with the Megatron gone, are one of those teams where you're going to be able to get some value there. I feel the same way. The Browns are one of those teams. Uh, sadly enough, um, I don't know if there's that many other ones, to be honest. Uh, so many other teams are kind of grow. Rams might be, besides that, but they got Curly. They do have a superstar, but let's be honest. Those other, the, the Browns and the Lions do not have a superstar yeah. right now. Um, should we go to the Packers? Let's roll on. Okay. We're, we're going to roll on? I, I, I can. <laughs> sure, let's roll. Jordy. <laughs> is he the whole offense? Is now everything back to normal? Is it, is it Murph? Is it, what's, the, what's the deal there now? I, I think that's possible. Uh, I like Jordy, and I think the rest of the weapons aren't as overrated as some other may think. So I think this offense could get the back rolling, and we know Aaron Rodgers is still one of the best QBs in football. Whether he's the best QB in fantasy football, that those are two totally different stories. He's definitely one of the best, you know, pure quarterbacks in the NFL making decisions, you know, in the pocket, on the run. Whatever you ask him to do, that guy's going to do it for you. And you know, I think he's going to get the ball to Jordy. I think Jordy helps stretch the field. I think there's you know development and maybe Janice and a couple other guys that will help just get everything back together. But I, I just think they'll take another step forward after a slightly down year last year. I, I'm not sure. I, I know that Jordy means a lot to this offense, but I think what happened without Jordy is that a lot got exposed about this offense. And a lot got exposed about who the other wide receivers are. And I think that to that extent where, you know, you had perennially, uh, you know, a Jordy Nelson and a Randall Cobb, both as top 12 wide receivers. Now I think people have realized that once Cobb was put on the stage to be the guy, just how limited he was, how, how, how he was having problems with his ability to break away from people. Um, you know, he's not a guy that can run any of those outside routes. Then you had Devonta Adams who couldn't catch a ball or whatever. So with Jordy coming back, what my fear is, is that teams are going to say, we're not worried about your other weapons anymore, where it used to be we were so worried about those other weapons that they're going to focus on Jordy and force these other guys to beat him. And they'll get killed. Well, it's, it's potential. Go, the thing but is, it, well, it's it, always happened. But it, you know what, though? But it also goes to the whole point of the second part of this thing, where is Lacey back to fantasy dominance? Now, if Lacey is not then it becomes a lot easier to be able to, to, to force them to not have to be able to put the extra person in the box, uh, to put the extra guy covering Nelson, and to force, well, look, you're forcing the greatest quarterback uh, in the game, right, to, to make precision passes. Well, that's what he does. But it's still, from a fantasy standpoint, it becomes then one of those things where it's like how the Bears play the Packers, where they force them to kind of slog it out and just move the ball and have longer drives, and it's not these quick strike type offense that uh, – you know, the Packers are able to, to do to other teams. So, and I worry, though, if that ends up being the case because of what was exposed last year, that, yeah, you're going to have, you have a better team, 
But at the same time, from a fantasy standpoint, I think you're just, again, you'll get some big games, but you're not going to get the top-end, high-end production that you're going to get. And again, I just worry that with Rodgers, it's just not a guy anymore that's going to give you these 400-yard games and on a consistent enough basis, especially if they keep trying to force Lacey on him. Well, go on. Let's talk about Lacey. I got nothing to say about this team, to be honest. I don't think I'll, I'll go high enough on any of the players to really – I don't see a Green Bay Packer on my team. And I, I like the Packers as a franchise, but I haven't really had Packers on my team other than Jordy earlier in his career. Would you go for Jordy again, though, like in a second round? You've got to if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Because for where it would no. fall to you. No. I mean, I don't know. Depends. But if there's a guy who's up, up kind of Oak, you might go somewhere else. So. Okay, so Jordy or Alshon? Yeah. Jordy. Yeah, I would Okay, too. Jordy or Brandon Marshall? Michael Jordy. Jordy. Okay, Jordy or Mike Evans? Evans. Jordy or Amari Cooper? Jordy. I think we gotta go Jordy there. And finally, Jordy or Allen Robinson? Robinson. It's close, but Robinson. Yeah, so, gotta draft him in the second round if you want him. Yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I, I'm, hope, I'm hoping. I'm that's, hoping a great way to, that's a great way to do it for you. I'm, I'm, hoping, hoping, more, I'm hoping more for an Evans. Or Robinson in that situation. I, I think you could definitely get Evans ahead of Jordy. Robinson, I'm not sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Robinson, there's a, there's a romance going on with that guy. And, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, Lacey, quickly, someone say something, and then we can I, I think he'll up. be fine. I mean, I'm not too worried about his workload. His workload was still there last year. Uh, and scoring touchdowns has been his forte. With more weapons on the field, I think that only helps him. I think Lacey will be fine next year. I just don't know if he can get back to being a top five or six fantasy back. I think he's more of a back end running back one now. I've never been high on him. I'm not high on him now. Yep. I'll see. I'll see how. I, I, I want to see what, what's, what goes on with the guy. Uh, Houston Texans. How much work for Mr. Lamar Miller? Is he going to be a, a, a touch machine or. You gotta figure they're gonna give him at least, at least eighteen touches. Okay, more touches. Than that. No, no, no. 18, eighteen carries. carries. That's yeah. what I mean. Eighteen carries with at least twenty-two to twenty-three touches a game. I mean, they do not. You don't get rid of Arian Foster and bring a guy in like this to how you're doing your offense. You 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 signed a Brock Osweiler. You're not bringing in a quarterback who's like a Blake Bortles who's known as slinging the ball around. You're bringing in a guy who's a manager. So. He's going to manage by handing the ball off to Lamar Miller. And the one thing that we always saw and complained about last year is that Lamar Miller would start going off in a lot of first halves of games. And the why, he never got the ball. He got like three carries or four carries in the second half. That's not going to happen in Houston. So the question will be, how will Lamar Miller respond to the extra workload? And will he get punishment. to a point where he starts to, to have it take a toll on him? Yeah. Can you take the punishment? Yeah. I, I don't worry about that at all. I mean... The only thing I worry about is potentially because he gets more carries, does he flat out get injured? That's not only a punishment question, that's just a more chances. Well, I'm for saying, can he take the punishment? No, that's that's not, that's not, it has nothing to do with punishment. It has nothing to do with wear and tear. But Injury more, is a punishment. No. <laughs> more carries lead to more chance for severe injury because you have the That's all I'm saying. Well, I'll say this, though, too. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this, this way. More carries to me, where we always take these guys, and Lamar Miller is one of these guys. Speedster, burner. 90-yard touchdown runner, guy who can break those long runs. 
The problem is a lot of times too, when you start getting all those extra carries and taking the punishment, okay, on a week to week basis, then it slows you down. That's and, where and it's that's, that's it. Okay, and so that then also can lead to injury because then he gets exposed to more situations. So it's going to be interesting. I would tell you this, I will have no hesitation drafting Miller for my team. What I'm going to watch though, is especially if he you, you get him and he has that awesome first six, seven weeks, I put him on the trade blocks mm-hmm. and I just try to get away from it and, and see if I can multiply him into two players. And if I can take a running back and turn him into a, another running back and a wide receiver that could both be starters for my team, I'm, I'm all over at that point. I don't trade the best player for two players. I'd never do that. I, if you don't get the best player to trade, you lose. Well, no, but I'm saying this. Well, if you're saying you're doing a two-for-one, you already lose. No, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is it's, it's a smart thing. It's, I'm, I'm drafting the guy knowing that I'm going to get the most effective part of the season. What I don't want is where he has all this wear and tear on him, and then all of a sudden we're into the weeks of the playoff uh, fantasy, and he's given me you know, 14 carries for, for 37 yards, which he did sometimes for Miami. So I worry about that. But even more so, I agree with you. I always want to get the best player in a trade. But there's, as the season goes on, you get holes in your in your team. And you're like, I need a wide receiver three, and I need a friggin' uh, tight end, and I'm giving up the best player in this, in this trade. But at least now I'm not getting four points for my tight end, and my wide receiver depth is getting increased. So sometimes it's okay to get... Two sub less guys for, for a better guy. Quick if your team point needs. on that: when you're a team that's struggling, when you're a team that is like if you're through five uh, through seven weeks and you're two and five and you need to have wins and you and you have those holes on your team, I always tell people it's like if you don't trade that best player on your team, now you got to get someone's going to give you the value for it, right? I'm not sitting here to say give it away, but trade the only way that you're going to markedly change the the aspect of your team is not by just having one player; it's by having Multiple players come in, and potentially that can start for you. And also, you can be, you can have a team that has uh, your back, your other running backs that you drafted turn out to be awesome, and it's a yeah. good time to say, "All right, this is the best one. I'm actually like my sub guys. I'll take a couple more players." The the thing, one, go ahead. So more stuff to like about Lamar Miller. Over the last two seasons, he's been one of the most efficient red zone runners in the league, averaging the most yards per carry in the red zone in the league. Um, Outside of that, he's increased his receiving production every year. This is a team that likes to throw it to the running back and did. Arian Foster actually led the league in catches per game last season. Uh, out of the running back backfield, you know, he's also a guy that's always averaged more than four yards carry. And over the last two years, he's averaged 4.8 yards per carry. The Houston offensive line is usually pretty good. I, I slowly kept rising and rising Lamar Miller. And if there's any time I can get him in the second round, I am pulling that trigger. I like that call. One negative about him, and we have this is from the draft kit. It's a negative. It's a it's a con in the uh, in the running backs tab. Is uh, even though Lamar had ten touchdowns on the season last year, he was held without a score in nine games. That can be kind of brutal. I think that says more about his team than him. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe so, but sometimes. Well, the good he news is he didn't have a thousand yards, and, and he got held without a touchdown um, in nine games last year. So they, I, they, I don't she, know what the, they're, they're, the there could are. be some bad weeks. I don't know what the numbers are of Aaron Foster's uh, career, but what's the most touchdowns that he's had like in his career? Because you look at a team like Miami, who's never been a team that ever gave the ball to the running back. You know, Lamar Miller really is the first running back that they've had since who? 
Uh, Ricky Williams. Jabbar. <laughs> Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams, right. Okay, there you go. So, uh, but you go to a team like in Houston where Foster could be like a 14, 16, 17 touchdown guy. So, All right. good for Miller. It's Miller time. Miller time as the champagne of running backs. Um, Colts. We can talk about the receivers, but I think uh, of the Texans, but we'll have a lot of time. We'll see where those guys go. They got a couple exciting rookies there with Braxton and um, the fellow from Notre Dame. And obviously, you've already got Strong, who's a, a third round pick or whatnot last year, and Nuke. Uh, so let's 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 not really go into the Texan wide receiver crew. Let's see how those guys kind of play. But they seem to be gelling together. I like what I see on Instagram and Twitter with them. And Braxton, big boy, big boy, Braxton. I like I like what I'm reading and hearing about him. He's hungry. All right, let's go on to the next one. Indianapolis Colts. There's a guy on that team that signed a big contract, but we won't talk about it because it paled in comparison. To players like Michael Conley and all those fellas over in the NBA. Oh, but we've already talked enough about the NBA and Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Allen. You think he's a ten top uh, top ten uh, tight end sex? No. I don't either. Do you think he is? No. Should we move on? I think that's the only real question. I mean, the only thing you like about Dwayne Allen is his potential for touchdowns. Is he going to be a guy that maybe catches 50 or so passes? I mean, with... I don't know if he can catch fifty. And if he does, is he gonna is he gonna get more than nine yards to catch? Well, probably not. Yeah, so, so that's what I mean. You're not gonna get a lot of yards. So he needs ten touchdowns to be a good player. He needs eight to ten touchdowns to be. That he needs was, to have a Richard Rodgers like last year. His career, when you look at all the games, whenever he was like him and Fleener playing together, and it's oh, it's Dwayne Allen scoring more. It's because he was scoring the touchdowns. When he doesn't score touchdowns, he doesn't score points. Here's the only thing I like talking about on this team right now. Frank Gore, ADP 26, on one of the most high-powered offenses in the league. And he finished last year in standard scoring 12th. I don't understand the hate, the drop for him. He comes at a value. Frank Gore will be on a lot of my teams. Let's go on to the next squad, and that's going to be Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, we've hammered this team. Yeah, yeah, we really have, we, and we will. We'll, we will more. So let's let's keep it simple with this. We know there's regression. Um, Bortles is not going to throw 600, or whatever. Uh, the wide receivers aren't going to do the same thing as well. Now there's some question marks going on at the running back position because they brought bring in Ivory at just as much money almost as Doug Martin got. So he's getting paid. Um, Talk about that quickly. Yeah, Yeldon. I mean, they brought in Ivory because Yeldon did not prove anything to them last year. And, you know, is Yeldon going to be able to make this major step in his second season? He's one of these guys that second-year running backs I'm I'm running away from. I just – I want no part of it. Um, Is Chris Ivory a guy that I'm really targeting either? No, not necessarily. You know, you're coming from a system in New York where that's what they did. They ground and pound, and it it was the way to go. I just don't know that I'm buying into it. I, I, I do think that there will be regression across the board for, for these guys, but I still think that the you know guys like Allen Robinson, he's just a special talent and, and his ability to catch the ball and why couldn't he potentially get more catches? You know, or and Alan Hearns, I, I think that they, you know, yes, they may lose I think they they could end up getting close to their stats from last year as far as fantasy numbers, but they're gonna drop in touchdowns. So can they add in yardage? I don't know that Allen Robinson can add that much in yardage. He had 1,400 yards last year. Allen Rob- Hurts, he can add, become an 1,100, 1,150, 1,200-yard receiver on a high end. Yeah, it's, it's 
a lot of question marks there, but still exciting. They've got a tough schedule, which is uh, not a good thing in fantasy football, but everyone else seems to be talking lately about um, the tight end and how you know he's he's the guy that's going to be firing it up and 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 and, 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 and making making the difference and eating into all the numbers for these other players. I just feel like there's so so many mouths to feed, and we already think Bortles is going to have a regression. How is there possibly going to – how is this going to be better for you? And everyone's going to be – everyone's going high. So it's not like not like there's a value pick there. Maybe it earns. Maybe Burns it earns. has a slight chance. Julius Stafford has a slight chance. I think that's Everybody else. Bortles, you're not really going to probably see an ADP value of. Alan Robinson could be a guy who just meets his – ADP, these aren't guys we're talking about as positive ROI guys come next off. But if you're drafting a guy like Alan Robinson who's going, what, the fifth or sixth uh, wide receiver right Eight. now? Yeah. And if you can get him to perform at that level, then that's a good ROI. Yeah, I mean. I mean if you draft any of those guys in the top ten, they end up top well, basically, ten. if you draft a first-round pick and he plays like a first-round pick, That'd you, be get, great. <laughs> you get okay to ROI. Yeah, exactly. Quickly, and then we'll move on. Julius Thomas or Gary Barnage? I, I, I'm, st- I'm Julius Gary. Thomas. Gary! You're Gary. Kobe Fleener or Julius Thomas? Kobe. Yeah, Kobe. Ladarius Green or Julius Thomas. Okay. Ertz? Julius, uh, Zach Ertz. Gates? I'd go Julius Thomas over Julius Thomas. Julius Thomas over Gates. Ladarius is at 9. Julius is at 11. ADP on Fantasy Pros. All those guys. Basically, the only guy beneath that I listed... Uh, was Antonio Gates. He's the only guy that was beneath Julius Thomas. Wow. And I, Ladar- I like Julius more than everyone else does, I guess. Ladarius is number nine. Barnage, seven. Eifert's still six, so people are still holding faith on him. Oof, scary about that. All right, let's move on to the next situation. And that's going to be um, eh, running. We, we covered the Jacksonville. We'll that's a team that's got power numbers. We're going to cover plenty between now and, and, your, and your draft. Uh, again with the squeaky shoes. <laughs> All right, Kansas City Chiefs. Who's the backup to own? And anyone? We're going to spitfire a couple because we need to catch up a little bit. Who's the uh, backup running back to own? And uh, anyone else in the passing game besides Macklin? I'll let one of you guys go. Go, Stags. All right, so the backup to own, I don't know if there's a clear-cut one. There's Spencer Ware, who's a better short yardage runner, uh, better between the tackles, better red zone runner. And then there's Shark Kendrick West, who could just catch the crap out of the ball and has some of those explosive things like a Jamal Charles. So I think they both have their upside. Um, the thing is that I think if one gets more work, I think Ware might get a lot more work if um, when Charles is healthy, but if they were to go down, I think West gets more of his workload. So picking the exact one to own is a tough predicament. Well, so. You just said it. Ware's the one to own if you think that Charles is going to stay healthy for the year, and Charkandrick West is the guy to go for if you think that Charles is going to go down. Where and when? Yeah. <laughs> How? <laughs> and as for the passing game, if I'm picking anybody between Macklin and Kelsey – uh, outside of those two guys, I'd bet Albert Wilson. That's going to be a very, very low pick. Uh, I just They're talking about Chris Conlon still looks lost, and that's what scares me. It does scare me, too, because he's a guy that has a lot of talent, but Albert Wilson is the guy that you would I, go for after. Yeah, I, feel like, I feel like the players out of Clemson aren't that bright. 
Clemson's at Georgia. Georgia. Georgia, you're right. You're right. Georgia and Clemson. I'm oh. lumping them all together. Oh, great. We just lost half our fan base. <laughs> <laughs> you just lost half my family. <laughs> They all went to George. Good point. And you Good just point. lost the podcast. Son of a bitch. Darn it. The Los Angeles Rams. Thank you. I have been called bad before. Many have said I do things that are not correct to do. I don't believe in such talk as this. I am nice man with happy feelings all of the time. My family will stay with me. Stay with them. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> all right. The Los Angeles Rams. Rams. Goff. Is he going to help the passing game? I don't think he helps her passing game immediately. He's a guy that's going to have to learn how to play in the NFL. But can he really hurt their passing game? No, he's game not going to hurt their passing after game. After what happened last season. But do they, what else do they have there to, to affect their passing game as a wide receiver? Devon Austin. Besides him. Devon Austin. That sucks. That's it. Devon Austin. That sucks. I'm just going to keep saying it. <laughs> and I'm going to keep saying that sucks. But I like, I, I like Austin this year if, if the ADP is there. But I, this is another team. Like, Am I going to take Gurley with the number two, number three, number four, five pick this year? Not a chance. Not happening. Which basically puts me in line to not have anybody on this team, unless Austin slips, 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 and slides. But I'm not. I'm thinking that's a flex kind of guy, you know. Well, right. He's not a guy that you're putting as a wide receiver one or two. He's a guy that is a flex guy. And what also scares me is that you have Jeff Fisher came out and said, "What he's gonna? I can see Javon Austin being a uh, uh, hundred catch, hundred catch. Are you kidding me? Not if you're gonna continue to give him." Twenty, uh, uh, no, two or three carries a game. Give him 35, 40 carries on the year. There's no way he's going to be a hundred catch guy. Not a chance. What do you got? Let's move on. I'm good. Yeah, golf. That's uh, number one pick overall. Looks real slight. Not this year. All right, Miami Dolphins. Gase leaves us as we. I knew it happened. Everyone's like, "Fox will be great. Gase will replace him." No, he won't. He'll go get a job. Is he helped the offense over there? Is the offense that great? Is the offense uh, being basically starting with their arm tied behind his back because Tannehill's not the, all that? Or are they bound to surprise this year in fantasy? I think there's a lot of different options that, you know, these guys have clear... These guys could be ADP values. They've got a Jai who could be... Uh, good ADP value. They got Devontae Parker, who could be a good ADP value. Even Le- Leontae Carew, who a lot of people seem to like, uh, potentially even usurping Parker, because he's out there playing with the first-team offense, and Parker's taking a back burner. You know, they're not going to really replace Jarvis Landry because they like what he does, just being able to get open underneath and then make those first-down uh, catches, sort of, in the old Wes Welker you know, mold. That's, that's an important piece for an offense, no matter what they tell you. Um, other than that, I don't think you could touch Jordan Cameron. Uh, but you might get a chance to see a value out of Ryan Tannehill as a post-hype sleeper uh, maybe a year late. Because what Gase does is Gase is going to take and, and maximize what he does well but minimize the mistakes. So a lot of that's going to be – this is where – it's going to be interesting because in all the offenses that Gase has run, they've had – 
a, a heavy workload for the running backs. You know, whether it was in Denver, whether it was in Chicago, running backs got a lot of work. So the problem that you have here now with Lamar Miller going away, they threw the money at C.J. Anderson. They didn't get him. So now it's a Jai's job who has not had the heavy workload. And um, who did they bring up? It was Kenyon Drake. And it's a guy who they brought in uh, in the draft to, to compete with him. You know, I, I, I think that Tannehill will have a good chance. I think he'll, he'll, the, those interception numbers will be low with Gase in his offense because it is a control offense. But I don't think, just like you saw with Cutler last year, where Cutler had one of his better years as a quarterback, didn't translate in fantasy. It, yeah. did, it didn't give you the, the gunslinger type, oh, Gase is this awesome innovator who is just creating ways to score 50 points a game. That's, that's not what it's about. Yeah. And I also feel somewhat that if, even if Tannehill starts hot, he'll start reading his own clip, press clippings. And he'll be, think, oh, okay, I'm worth all this. I'm good. I'm good to go. Excellent. Good time. And he, he's gonna, he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna screw. Uh, he's gonna start screwing it up down the stretch. I just don't feel that Tannehill is gonna be able to do it. Question I got for you. It's a good one. Yep. Um, Landry, who would you take, Baldwin or Landry? I take Landry. Who are you taking? Uh, even though, Tate, even though the Tate or Landry. I think I would lean to Golden Tate just because of touchdown potential. Uh, Macklin, PPR, Mac- I might go. I might go Landry if it's Macklin or Landry. Going, I'm going Landry. Edelman or Landry. This year I'm going Landry. Okay, and then Michael Floyd or Landry. Still going Landry just for the sheer volume. I don't know what's going on there in Arizona. All right, the only guy out of those that's ranked on Fantasy Pros with a lower ADP is Michael Floyd. Edelman. They're all higher than Landry. Yes. I, I would not take them away. Right? No, Land- I got Edelman. He basically took He's Landry like, over every, the four, five guys ahead of him. Yeah. And I agree. And Land- uh, Edelman, I think Tate I Tate was in the was one. Close to the range, yeah. right. I would I would think Tate over Landry potentially, but. I think I, I have Edelman 30 on my last tiers. 30 on my last tiers, I want to say. Yeah, he's going in right now at wide receiver 25. Whew. Too high. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm talking about Landry. No, but Edelman's like 21. Oh, Edel, Edelman's 20. 20. I have him at 30. So I'm saying I have Edelman at 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's crazy. I love looking, doing that. And that's what you do with tears. Just yep. so you guys know, when we're doing tears, you're comparing a guy. And you're like, are you going to take him over him? And if you're on the clock in a draft, you're like, no, I'm taking him first. All right, you got to put him ahead of that. And that's why constructing your tears and starting early, it's not even early anymore. That's why hopefully you're, you were doing it three months ago and you're on your fifth version of tears. But keep refining those babies. Don't just wait until uh, you know a few days before your draft. You will not be doing yourself any service. All right, let's go to um, Minnesota. Minnesota Vikings. But before we do so, I want to do a Val Verde. Better. Well, you must be quite a fighter to make it past my car. And before we get to the Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Vikings, will Teddy Bridgewater take a step forward? Shoot me in the fucking face. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, did I really write this question? I think they're just going to run another conservative offense until you know AP's gone on right. his last legs. If AP were to be injured, maybe we'd see this offense change a little bit, spread it out a little more. Um, 
but until that happens, I just don't know, and I'm not. There is like no circumstances in which I would draft Teddy Bridgewater. No, and I think that the, you know the one good thing, at least for Teddy, just as far as uh, in the NFL aspect of it, is they got rid of Mike Wallace. So now, as far as who all the offensive weapons, and yes, it is Adrian Peterson, but Peterson is is not a guy who's like a super vocal guy when it comes like into the huddle. So Teddy does have a chance to have it be his team now, where he's in control. What does that really mean? Yeah, I see you shaking your head, Rex, because that's exactly right. It means nothing to me either, except that, okay, you don't have to have a cancer that's going to derail you early. But he is also not a guy who has, he was the guy who came out, was the most pro-ready. Has he really developed that much since then? No. No, and that was the fear, and I think that the fears are being realized. I think he's a good streamer in situations where he's going against a total crap team, and that seems to be the kind of player and quarterback he is. He's the kind of guy that'll have a huge game in a in a, in a setting that he can, and it doesn't really rely on him all that much. So those aren't my kind of players. Where it's like, okay, you light it up when we kind of don't even need. We we already know we got it, you know. Yeah, but he had a decent three-game stretch towards the end of the season last year. Uh, against who? Against Arizona, Chicago, and the Giants. So, I, it was basically all one game. Let's face it, it was all against the Bears. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> gonna have it. He's gonna, and, and, and that's... It's good to play against the Bears and you can have a Your story makes my heart heavy and my prostate weak. My bladder is full to burst. I feel for you and your grave loss. However, it will be impossible for us to help you. <laughs> Don't draft Teddy. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Teddy against the Bears, play him. <laughs> There's gonna be a couple games where you're gonna you're gonna be like, you know what? He's gonna probably be all right, and he'll put up some. some I don't big know about numbers. the Bears' defense this year. It's gonna be better. Let's move on. Let's we move talked on. about Hogan earlier. New England Patriots. New pass catchers uh, to own on that team. You know, Edelman, we talked about how he's wide receiver 20. Injured, probably not going to see anything from him much in the preseason. I could, I think he's on the, the, the slope down. Love the guy, but on the slope down. Where are we going? LaFell's gone. He's now on the Bengals. Anadola. Who's catching the ball? Doesn't it bother you? Not talk about Gronk too much. It bothers me because who's who's the guy? That's, who's their outside receiver? Malcolm Mitchell, Chris Hogan. And Chris Hogan to me is not necessarily an outside type receiver. Why? He's six foot one, two hundred and fifteen pounds. There's nothing wrong with Chris Hogan. Well, he's going to he's going to be a racist against white wide receivers on the outside. Yeah, I, I know, right? <laughs> I could be. I very well could be. I, I, you know, you ever, you ever reverse uh, racist? Yeah. You just didn't get to watch Bambi uh, Lance Allward play <laughs> no. on the outside. Hey, hey, I've seen the videos. Number seventeen. I, I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan. Um, but I, I think that Hogan, you don't sign a guy like that in the division if you didn't see something out of it. It's the same thing when they got Danny Woodhead. Remember? The Jets had him, and they, and then they're like, "You're going to cut this guy. Uh, we're going to show you how to use him." Yeah. So I think that they are going to use Hogan. Hogan would be the guy, uh, and he'll come in a value. And it, I don't believe in Edelman. Uh, I, I'm with you. I I, I think that uh, with Amendola there, I think that they're going to kind of be doing some of the same work. And again, I just 
What? I feel Edelman. You, th- you think Amendola is going to cut into Julian Edelman? I just think more that Edelman is is on is, is like is, it's like D Rex said. I just don't see him being able to break away as much. Doesn't have as much quickness as he did before. I think it's it's just. It just happens. Did you see him at the start of last season? But, did but you see him at the end of last season? He didn't what? play it. That's my right. Thing, my thing with Edelman is even, and it kind of goes back to, I, I'm spacing which player you mentioned earlier. Oh, Roma. Edelman's best season still isn't that awesome. So, like, the total ceiling for Edelman, as far as fantasy football goes, it's still, it, it, it translates great in the NFL game and it helps the Patriots. But Edelman's best season just in a fantasy realm, uh, you know, I think that was two, three years ago when they won the Super Bowl, maybe two years ago, was his best season. But just, it was good, but it wasn't great. So I, I think I think that could be a team unless they suspend Brady and he's gone four games and he drops, drops, drops. This could be a team, and I'm not going to take Gronk in the first round. This could be one of those teams, unless they take Arian Foster or I'm, I'm, I'm kind of staying away from this team. Are you going to give the go ahead? Are you going to give the argument about what he did in the first game and try to extrapolate it out over 16? I hate that argument because every time everyone does that for a player, it never happens the next year. No, he's going to say that Edelman in his best season was number six. No, Julian Edelman was eighth at fantasy points per game last season. Okay. <laughs> to go my argument, the way I was going. <laughs> right. Eight. Right, and he didn't make it through the whole season. But in a while, you're still getting a top-end wide receiver for those eight games, and then you know he's out. Yeah, but that's last season. Uh, Things uh, change. It's great 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 art. I I, I get it. What changes? Julian Edelman is Age and injury, though. That's the only thing that changes. And you know what? Every team with free agency and everything else, there's a lot of turnover on all these teams, and there's different things that happen, different factors, and age factors into it. But how old do you think Julian Edelman is? 29? 30. 30. Yeah, okay, 30. so that's not, that's prime. Why it's not really prime. Prime is 26, 28. Okay, Brady could be gone for four games. Sure. If that happens, uh, and right now, Edelman's, you're not going to be able to see stuff happening between now and the start of the season. That doesn't scare you for the wide receiver 20? The thing is, I, I don't have a wide receiver 20 per se, but wide receiver 30. But that's where he's going. Different. That's why I bring it up. It's a little different. So, he was able to score seven touchdowns. He was basically one of their prime red zone weapons with Brock last season. It was just these two guys, and they were on a mission to tear it up. He had 80, he was averaging 10 targets a game, which would have been a career high. Uh, was, his career, his catch percentage was up. His yards per catch was up. Why do you have him ranked so low? Why do I, you I, have, I don't have him ranked that low. How low do you have him? Like, wide receiver 24. Okay, so you're, you're, you're closer to believing. I, I just... I just don't see it. I mean, and I understand how proficient this offense is, but I also just understand that... This is the best short-passing game in the league, right? I know. Like, that's what they're known for. And I think avoiding the Packers, avoiding the Patriots, who are your power and number teams? Because these are the guys who've done it over the last decade, or the last five years. These are the guys who've been top five each of the last five years. Our collective has Edelman... At 26. Okay, yeah, at 26. Uh... Mo's got him at 21. You've got him at 25. Houdini. Right, I'm at that high. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've got him way lowest. I've got him at 33. And Stag Party, you've got him sitting at 20, at 19. We'll see. I mean, he's obviously stud. Within the last 18 months, you've had defense coordinators saying the guy's unguardable. But 
and I, and I love him. I love him as a player, and I love him with Brady because obviously Brady's number one target. When he drops back, he loves going to him. We saw that in the last play of the game that could have taken him to the Super Bowl. He went, instead of an open ground, he's trying to force it into an element. He loves going to the guy. Did you guys say Julian Edelman over Jarvis Landry when you did your thing? Or Jarvis Landry over Julian Edelman? I would I, take Jarvis Landry. I said Jarvis over Julian, yeah. Okay, so they're the exact same player except Edelman scores more. And I, I agree, but I like the upside. I like the upside. I'm looking at Grill. One guy's going here, one guy's going here. One guy, Edelman's a proven red zone pass catcher, and Jarvis Landry was the least efficient pass catcher in the red zone. I got you. Okay. Here's one thing I'll say, and you got to got to make this clear. And I know I love your stats always, but I've owned Edelman on four teams over four seasons. Like, I've owned the guy. Have you ever owned him? Yeah. Okay. Now, when you're playing and owning this guy, and I've owned I've owned Jarvis Landry as well. When you're that was a PPR league, so it's a little bit of a different negotiation. No, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. When you have Edelman as one of your as your wide receiver three or something, there are a lot of letdowns. There is just a lot of letdown weeks, and it's tough. And I don't care about any stat you throw out at me. If I've had a guy on my team and I've given him the go, I've given you the keys to the car. And the car stalls a couple times on me, or I gotta teach you how to drive the car, or I'm just frustrated by the gas prices. I don't give a shit what what it is. I'm done with them, and, and that's where Edelman is to me. And I love him as a player. I love the Patriots more than you guys probably combined, don't I? I'm not a Patriot fan. Yeah, remember what the password was? Uh, they yes. used to log into. <laughs> Wasn't Edelman, but it was something Patriots. <laughs> um, so at the end of the day, I'm a big fan of him, but. At fantasy, it's like flip a coin. If it's Edelman that gets a touchdown and gets 70 yards off of seven catches, or Edelman gets 125 yards and a touchdown, or Edelman gets your favorite, five for 50, zilch. So, anyway, let's move on to the next team. Saints. New Orleans Saints. Fleener. I'm all in. I'm buying more into Fleener as it goes along. I mean, just because of the fact that what Ben Watson did... What do you consider all in? He's going to be a top five ten ender. Oh, he's going to be. He'll be on my team probably most okay. weeks. He's going to be probably like my my Eifert from last year. He's going to. I'll probably take. Hopefully, I'll be able to get a, a Kelsey. Hopefully, I'll be able to get an Eifert, and he's that he's that other guy. Fleener's got such upside. I mean, he's the guy that I had picked even when he was with Dwayne Allen. If you remember, was it, uh, last year going into it, and I thought. It's gonna be the Fleener year. I was I was being <laughs> yeah, uh, head yeah. over head over skis on the thing, and um, it didn't happen. So in this situation, it definitely is gonna behoove it because again, who do they have on the outside in New Orleans? A lot. Brandon of Cooks. A lot of people, but but they don't have anyone that's that's a true legitimate number one. Your best receiver is still Brandon Cooks. So a guy who's operating out of the slot, a guy who's gonna be moved around in the offense. And what's going to happen is, is again, what, what happened with uh, Ben Watson. I think Fleener is going to have a lot of opportunities. Don't you guys think, and then I'll, I'll shut my mouth on this one, don't you think by the draft day, isn't Fleener just going to be so overvalued? Isn't he going to be oh. a top five draft, draft, at the position kind of guy? Right now, for essentially all of us, he's at about eight. Stags, you've got him a little bit he's lower. He's being drafted as tight end seven. Tight end six is Delaney Walker. That's the only guy I could see him passing up. Uh, I can't see him passing up Kelsey or no. He won't jump but up. now, when you're thinking about those, that, that tight end position being the four, five, six zone, 
He's gonna Fleener, the more talk, the more you see it, he gets has some big games. I like him, but be ready. Be ready to go early on the tight end. Are you willing to go early? I, I know I am. You've done it last year. You did it last year with Kelsey, what, fifth round? You were yeah, kind of like, I, I won't go fifth or sixth round. I won't go higher than that. No, no, Fleener, though. Fleener, you could probably still squeak out in the eighth, ninth round. Yeah, he's got the seventh already. Not looking. The seventh That's round? A, seventh round? Yes. Or seventh tight end? Seven tight ends, pick 77. 77. All right. So are you willing? Are you willing seventh to round, be? I'm, I'm fine with the seventh round tight end, yeah. Sixth round. No, seventh, 77. You could, what about okay, you? but hypothetically, no, if I he grows, I, I, it's the sixth I, I, round. Are you, are you going? Um, Probably not. I'll wait for someone else. What about you? I might go with the yeah, No, I'm not going to go with the sixth. Because I'd rather just wait to three rounds for Lunarius Green. Oh, see, I would, I, I would much rather. I've never had Fleener than Green. I, yeah. I, Lunarius Green is not a guy I'm waiting different. for. I'm not waiting for Lunarius Green. <laughs> else. Okay. But it's fun. They're all in the same one. But just so you, just so you know, you have... Oh, yeah, okay. We all got Lunarius Green lower. Okay. Yeah, we're, exactly. I don't have Fleener. Stags, but for a while, Stags is so high on Lunarius. I yeah, thought for a minute. I never had higher than Kobe Fleener. Okay. Good. I'd just rather wait three rounds and then... All right, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense if that can happen. Uh, all right, other owner, other receivers in town to own. Um, obviously, yeah, you know everyone's getting fired up on the new kid Thomas. Everyone's uh, talking about the the janitor and uh, what's the guy? The janitor, the, the guy from last year. Willie Sneed. Sneed. Just cleaning yeah. house. Yeah, Sneed. Yeah, he's cleaning house. He looks like a janitor. He looks like you uh, still you still psyched on Sneed. Is that is that a is that one of those Harmon? Uh, he is, yeah. Wide receiver reception perception yeah, mavens. Yeah, it's just a guy who seems to get open. Shitload of targets last year. A lot of targets, not a lot of touchdowns, but touchdowns are something that are a fickle beast. They should come. Um, How come you don't say that when we're talking about Julio? Because there's a point where that you go from uh, two to five I don't need you rather to than eight to ten. I like, don't need you to answer. I just like <laughs> to have I like to throw some of your own things back at you sometimes. The thing is, like, he scored what two, three touchdowns last season. I think it was just two. Uh, that number is going to improve. The number of pass catchers to catch eight hundred yards and two touchdowns last season. Yeah, I think he's the only one. And when you're the only one in something, things usually change. Uh, is that, he a guy the only thing that I question and when I look at those target numbers it's unbelievable but is he a guy now that's on the radar of, of defenses and they have to like kind of last year I was like Willie Sneed is like these guys are throwing out Sneed like okay do what you gotta do is, it, it just seemed like he was just yeah. off everyone's radar and he kind of just like he had not. some big games and a lot of opportunities he's a guy that, that is gonna have a, the hardest time in the NFL elevating his game from where it was because he was a effort guy. He was giving you everything at that point. So, is that all of a sudden then you're just going to be like, oh, well, he did this, so he'll naturally progress to this. No, it doesn't happen that way. And the other problem is that they drafted the Michael Thomas who's going to eat into some of those targets. I mean, that's only fair to say. No, because it doesn't have to because there's Ben Watson targets. That's and true. And there's Marcus Colston targets. Well, but the Ben Watson targets are all going to Kobe Fleener. Kobe Fleener's also going to You're just writing in 120 hey, targets to Kobe Fleener. I think that a guy who has been known in the NFL as a guy who can't block as a tight end, yes. I think that they're going to be using him as, as a target guy and not as a, as a guy that you're going to be lining up there for any other reason but to be as a pass threat. That's why they signed him because they couldn't get an impact outside receiver. So like, we've got to add more... 
skill type players throughout the offense so that we can balance what we have and help Brandon Cooks out more. Completely understand that. Yeah. But Willie Seed, you know, in his second NFL season, I know, but it put up he, nearly a thousand yards in I know, 15 but, games. But again, he, uh, what, what what game did he have that was just like, oh my God, I see the Willie Seed ability, and I have to be paying attention because it was amazing. Let's see. You want to go with week five against Philadelphia where he caught six passes for 141 yards? Do you want to go with uh, week nine against Tennessee where he caught six for 95? I want to go against one where he played against a good defense. Okay. How about... <laughs> I mean, I, I, that's all I care about. It's like, Did you put up any good numbers against anybody that was good? Okay, he had a 63-yard catch on Arizona. But they really didn't play that many good defenses last year, by the way. So, so that's another thing. So he, he got a thousand yards stretching without playing a good defense. So I'm just saying, the jury's out. I'm right, not, I'm not going to buy a good de- defense like, this season. Yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 one, that's one argument to that. They're gonna, he's going to play a bunch of bad defenses. I agree. But at the same time, he's a guy to me that I think that he exceeded his expectations last year. I have a, I have a feeling he's going to be one of these guys that just he's going to have a hard time living up to it again. In his second year, with the extra weapons that they're bringing into the offense, jury's out. But Brandon Coleman Hopefully. was a guy that was in front of him last year. Brandon yeah. Coleman, and then he beat him and yeah. had a thousand, nearly a thousand yards. Hopefully, he keeps might see effort. I think that I think that effort stays. He didn't get paid big yet, so I like I like that he still paid for a couple years. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to the New York Giants. Sterling Shepard, legit, obviously is the talk of the town. What are your thoughts on? I mean, uh, other wide receivers. Let's just talk about the wide receivers other than uh, OBD. He's yeah. the only other guy I draft. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not touching Victor Cruz until I see him back on the field. Victor Cruz is going to have to be a waiver wire pickup for me. He'll be undrafted. He yeah. should be. But, you know, people playing deep leagues, even then, um, looking beyond that on the depth chart, there's not much I like that's, that just sort of shine, shines out um, as even an upside play. So it's Sterling Shepard, I'm slowly moving him up to like, I think he's right in the range of Laquan Treadwell and redraft. Yeah, I, I think that's about right. I mean, I think I, they're probably like in like the 38 to 40 range is where they are, uh, I want to guess. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Um, Shepard again, and now again, you're, you're coming into a situation, the other thing I think that's interesting on this team is the running back situation. Paul Perkins. You know, what is his role really going to be? And I don't yeah. think he has any role to begin with, especially with the way they're talking about Rashad Jennings getting 18 to 20 carries a game. But again, are you are you a believer that, that Rashad Jennings is going to last the season giving no. 18 to 20 yards a no. game? He'll last five games, then he'll be done. But take those games. Well, I agree. But this is the whole thing with Perkins. Is another one of those guys that's a long play. I mean, you got to look at it. Rashad Jennings is is, is kind of like a, a four set or some of these other guys, right? Journeyman type guys. Had been around, but had never really been given the full workload. When he got the full workload, he didn't make it a full season. So, uh, you know, believe all you want, Rashad Jennings. I just, I think that everyone in this NFL knows that they have to use compliments, and you're trying to make your veteran feel good. Fine, I get it. I think last year I was high on Aguilar for the same reason that I'm high on Shepard this year, and. Look at how that worked out. And rookies, it's a tough game. But it's uh, great to be playing. The difference is Aguilar was joining another young receiver, Jordan Matthews, 
And as Shepard and, uh, and Odell Beckham. Yeah, but Odell Beckham is a hell of a lot better than Jordan Matthews. Of course. <laughs> so, and and the quarterback situation with Eli is much better. It's a little bit well. different as well, yeah. Still, for me, it's Eli. On that team, it's Eli and it's uh, Odell and Will Ty, if the value's there. I'm gonna, I'd roll the dice on him. Yeah. Staying away from that running back situation. Even though I like your Perkins call, I, I maybe maybe you go late on him, but well, because besides Perkins, who else is there? They don't really have anybody else. They got a lot of guys. They got a lot of like guys, guys but nobody's good. Nobody good. That's what I mean. No one is a real challenger. So I'd rather at that point in time. That's where I'll stake my claim to a rookie, yeah. who they're coming in, they're investing something in because these other guys we already know. We've seen film on them. We kind of you know we 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 know that they're all trying to just. Raise their stock if they can, but they've shown us that they're not that worth that much. And they're and they've all been they're a little long on the tooth. Yeah, that's thing. Besides Williams, who's only Shane Marine in, but and uh, yeah, Jennings. Jennings and they're all all so. Let's keep an eye on the Giants. Uh, tight end battle. I think it's a uh, it's it's, it's got to be tied. It's got to be tied. Danelle is. Can't, it doesn't do anything else, and, and this is a. New York is a town where they want to run the ball. You got to have a tight end that can block at least a little. If tight end Donnell cannot block at all, except he's still a better blocker than Will Ty. That's probably true. But the thing I Donnell is so frustrated they can't want to play him. Oh, he's probably the worst pass catching tight end I've seen. He's your least favorite, one of your least favorite players in the league. Oh yeah. The Twitter account. Anytime Donnell gets brought up. Shoot me in the head. <laughs> Shoot me in the face. Don't fucking this guy. Um, yeah, he's really annoying. I agree. That's why let's keep an eye on it. But unless Ty slips, it's the it's the uh, Manning and uh, and Beckham situation. Well, Ty is slipping because he's being drafted as tight end twenty six. Love it. Yeah. Love he's an, it. He's an interesting upside play as a tight end too, over older guys like Jason Witten. Yeah, depending, oh, absolutely. Depending right. on which way you want to go, Mister Irre- Mister Irrelevant, take your last pick of your draft. All of a sudden, week one, he lights it up. You're like, "What up, suckers?" He's not available on the pickup, but I'll trade him to you for two I'll points. I'll trade him to you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, let's go to the next squad, and that is the Jets. 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 Is Fitz coming back? Uh, I can't. We know. We know. Knows, we're not going to know until July 12th. Okay. So That's also. They're talking about trading for Nick Foles uh, to, to stick it to Fitzpatrick. And play yeah, you know what? Did Foles, Foles say he wanted to retire? What? I thought Foles said he wanted to retire. I don't know about that, Foles but if, if the Jets <laughs> think that by signing Foles they're sticking it to Fitzpatrick, they're really sticking it to themselves. And they drafted, they drafted a, a quarterback within the first three-ish rounds, uh, four-ish rounds in the last two drafts. Like, what are these guys doing? This is a team that you brought in Forte. You have Brandon Marshall. You have Eric Decker. This is a team that you need to say, fine, Fitzpatrick, we'll pay you what you want because we couldn't find any other quarterback. They can't afford to. I know. <laughs> but they're going to have to get someone, they're going to have to restructure something or, or figure something. They have to figure it out. It's on them. <laughs> Fitzpatrick, they need him. If, with, with him, they are a potential division winner, a potential playoff team, and a potential Super Bowl Candidate. Without him, they have zero chance at any of those. Running backs. I just, 
I don't know if I can own any of them. I don't really trust older running backs uh, all that much, so that, that takes me out on Forte. I'm not a Bilal Powell truther. And Kiri Robinson, I just don't think it's a big big enough workload, despite even getting some red zone work, that he's ownable in regular leagues. He's just going to be one of those potential vultures. But, I, yeah, I do think Forte has a decent season. I just don't think I can pay up, you know, that price of what he's going at right now. And Which is, it. I'll tell you, that's running back 14. 15. Um, yep. So, I can't trust that. Like... I'll tell you what, when, much I, my blood. when I get in that situation where I'm looking at Forte, um, there are other interesting guys around him because it's like the guys that are below him, like Jeremy Hill, Jay Jags, a lot of like, you know. You're out of weight around? I, I, yeah, I, I don't or I don't almost think that I, I want Forte over those guys because okay. one thing I do understand about the Jets, they are going to, this is, this is the Bulls team, it's based on defense, they are going to use the running back and Forte is a dual threat running back. He's not going to be taken out there where it was like, you know, Chris Ivory, he was doing all of his damage just as a runner, and then they had to pull him out in any type of passing situations. Love that point. Which and, is, yeah. and I love the point with Brand, uh, what Marshall did after he came from the Bears. How about Thomas Jones when he came from the Bears, what he did with the Jets? Yes, that's, that's what it Bears to Jets, momentum. I'm in on it. There you go. All right. Do we want to, uh, yeah, let's go on. Oakland okay. Raiders. God, they get a lot. They get a lot of pub. This team, um, Murray. Same oh, yeah. workload. Sexy pick. Yeah, they're a sexy pick. I, th- I think they're going to underwhelm people this year. I do. Even though in some ways I'm getting more fired up about Cooper and the Navy Car, uh, I'm not getting more fired up about uh, Latavius Murray. Some of the stats that you've pre-posted that they've shown on what he's done with the opportunities he had over the last two seasons. You talked to garbage. I owned him last year. You talk about when you own a guy. Yeah, and you see and, it. And the there. thing is, like, the difference Live is, like, it. I'm a guy that has the package where I can watch every single game. And how many times were the Raiders, like, one of only three games or two games going on in the afternoon? <laughs> so, Eric Houdini is sitting here with the Raiders on the one screen going, I'm going to watch every Latavius Murray carry. And I'm like... Where are the big runs? Where is the thing of this guy at Kansas City who had the 99 yards in the first half or whatever? Where is this guy? He was non-existent. Where are even and the runs? He didn't even get for the, for, for a, a bell cow. He only had 267 carries last, that which I like know. That's not bad. 267 was pretty good. I know. It's I know. the yards per carry that got me. And the fact that he's not, he wasn't, he would just, he would end up becoming non-existent in games and it was like even when he did it was like he scored like on a one yard touchdown and he had to take like three chances to get it and it was like you're you're you're, you're just trying to get points and it's like here was a guy that was supposed to be and I'm in the league with the benefits for the long touchdowns and for the, the big games over 100 yards he just didn't have them he gave me some consistent games and he helped helped me tread water but it was like for what I invested <laughs> in my draft and him and CJ Anderson as my second and like third round picks did not produce for me. I like the way you said it. It helps you tread water. That's about it. I mean, I don't think his workload changes much. That's the problem. So even if he's not very good, he's still going to get, what, 250 carries and yeah. 30, you think- 30 catches? In today's NFL landscape, that's still a player you have to think about owning, and- especially if you go wide receiver heavy early. And don't you think, I want to ask you, Stace, because I still think that Last year, it was more with unproven guys. Now, at least he has 
Carr, who's who's shown that he knows how to run an offense. We know that Cooper is a good route runner and, and everything else. They still got Crabtree. Do you don't you think that maybe that gives him more opportunities this year? And I don't know. Did they add anything to that offensive line? Yes, that offensive line is arguably one of the best of the league. So they're right up there with the Cowboys. That just means a good thing for Latavius Murray. Did I? Clive Walford should get more snaps, and he's a better blocker than Michael Rivera. So that everything along that offensive line, and then the wide receivers on the outside to open it up for him, should mean good things. And I, I think he'll get back to at least having a more efficient season next year. Hope so. Well, our boy Pyromaniac Mo has said how Pro Football Focus has said that the Raiders actually have the number one ranked uh, offensive line. So that's that's pretty that's pretty impressive. And if you guys are listening to this, make sure hopefully you're, you're listening to the Pyro Podcast Light as well. Mo's had some great guests on. Sigma Bloom was on uh, as his most recent guest. Before that, it was Evan Silva. He's had Charcharian uh, on there. He's had uh, Matthew Barry. Charcharian. Yeah. Charcharian. Charcharian. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, waiting for one of you guys to uh, <laughs> correct me on that one. Uh, but he's a sweet, he's a sweet Matthew guy. Barry. He's at Barry. He's at great, great guys. He always says, it just it's at a point where people in the industry want to be on his show and are kind of like, hey, what are you interviewing me? And that's awesome. And uh, It's a good show. It's a shorter version. In season, he does a shorter, more up-to-date Friday version. So check out the Pyro Podcast Lite if you're not. Um, that's pretty awesome. Let's move on to, um, unless you want to talk about the Raiders on anything else. I got one more thing to say. Okay. Do you have anything? Banana, na, na, Neil. Banana, na, 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 Boring. Neil, sparring. You know need some Neil sparring for his butthurt? Sam Bradford. All right, nice transition. <laughs> there you go, Bradford. That's now. This is another team that, yeah, yeah, a little, little worrisome. I don't know. I'm sketched you, out. You talk about Bradford. I don't. We don't even talk about it much. Like, let's just I, I don't have much to say about Bradford. No, I, I you should stay away. Like, from I don't know. I'm. He's another one of those guys. In Superflex, you have to think about it, but I avoid him because he could lose work at any time to Chase Daniel, even if they. Want to keep Carson Wentz, you know, on the bench for a full season? They could bring in another highly paid backup. He he will only keep the starting job if they're winning. They're going to try other things if they if they're losing. Yeah. I mean, they're at a point in time now, and, and again, is Chase Daniel? Carson Wentz is going to. I guarantee you, they may each have at least five starts each. Yeah, I I agree. Chase Daniel is actually a serviceable dude. Who are you taking behind Ryan Matthews, Mr. Glass? Well, no, that's my thing. The guy that's got who I'm, I'm highest on that's been moving up my tiers is Ryan Matthews. A guy who I probably had like a rank around running back 50 uh, at the beginning of it. Well, he, I think Matthews is still there. I know that's what I'm saying. But once he's been gone, then they didn't do anything, and they're and they're and they're putting the vote of confidence behind him. Look, this is a guy who was in his rookie season was I think it was like what top 10 running back then with San Diego. He is a dual type threat. He, One of the higher always, picks at the position over the last six, seven years. He's been years. injured and rebuilt so many times. He's got to be part robot by now. He's the eight, he's the six million dollar man, pretty much. Except didn't they, didn't they shoot that in San Diego where he got drafted originally? 
Uh, very well could be. I don't know. Is that where Steve Austin's running on the beach? I like this guy a lot too, but it's the same way that I liked Arian Foster for the past couple of years. If he's healthy and he's going into your lineup that week, excellent. Just be very confident that by halftime he's going to have some sort of little lingering injury and by the time the game ends he's possibly out for the next six weeks. If you can live with that, which I can, I can I can draft that kind of depth. I like an Arian Foster. I know he's going to give me five to seven games, five to eight games. I, but if I know that, that week he's starting healthy and that's Ryan Matthews or a Foster or other guys, I'm in. Who, who can you draft now that you can confidently say is going to play 16 games anyway? I agree. So at this point in time, and again, we always talk about how the waiver wire is such an important thing. Get the guy who can win you four or five weeks when, yeah. they, when they play. If they go down, you already, you already are drafting them knowing that this is a potential guy that's going to go down. Have a contingency plan. Last year, the guy that's the number one overall ranked guy, or at least it's the running back position, Latavius, I mean, uh, uh, Le'Veon, Bell. Bell. Le'Veon Bell. It was exactly that last year. Right, you he missed games. the first four weeks. Then he got came in and was averaging you know, about 20 points for six games, and he's gone. That's pretty much It's just so if the, and, he, and still people are all in on him. So just understand that position. If you can get that elite guy, that top tier talent at running back for those weeks, take it because it's better than having a, a smorgasbord of guard, mediocrity. In your dreams. Exactly. That's where it'll be in your dreams. Otherwise, I like it. All right. Um, we don't need to talk about the wide receiver crew. There's just too much. Too many unknowns there for the Eagles. Let's move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, who steps up to replace Mr. Martavis Bryant? I'm not going to say anything here. I think there's three players. You guys can let's 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 get it in two minutes and move on to the next one. I think it's a little bit of everybody. I think it's going to be a little bit of Marcus Wheaton. I think it'll be a little bit of Darius Green, and I think it'll be a little bit of Darius Hayward Bay. Oh, Hayward Bay, huh? And he was the guy that was did did a lot of it I'm, last year. I'm telling you what, keep your eye on Sammy Coates. He's gonna he's gonna have some uh, some, some uh, appearances this year. If this is one of, that's one of those uh, Georgia Clemson guys I was talking. I know about. it is. I know it is. And he's the guy, and, and he can't keep <laughs> with Auburn. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking SEC. All they're all SEC. They're all in there. They're all SEC. <laughs> but he has problems catching the ball. Except for I think I think that Wheaton. Um, he went to Auburn. I thought he was. You no, sure he's not? He went to Clem- he went to Auburn. Tavis went to Clemson. Sammy Watkins went to Clemson. Oh, I yeah, he went to Auburn. Okay. So Martavis showed me myself on knowing where these rookie what uh, wide receivers are from. I'm losing my grip here, fellas. Stags is 100 percent right. It's gonna I be know. it's gonna be a roulette ball going around about who's gonna get it on the in each particular week. Martavis at least uh, uh, it's not not Martavis. Uh, Mark Marcus Wheaton at least showed you last year a couple big splash games. A 200-yard game or whatever it was. That look, I could at least do it. But the problem is that he what that did is, is also a tease. It's a tease that he's never going to do it for you again. But he also did that in a game with Martavis Bryant. Yeah, <laughs> right. But and then that also asked, helped him when today. asked to step up in favor of Martavis Bryant early in the season, sucked. But Coates is going to isn't Coates or, D, or Bay going to be more of the Bryant replacement than he I is? Mean, 
he's a long play threat, but he's not a consistent threat. That's the problem with Darius Hayward Bay. That's why it, that's why Stacks is 100 right. It's going to be all of them. It's just going to be using these three guys situationally to to make up what this one player did for you. The one thing I like about Wheaton is in the playoffs, the eye test, he made a couple great plays. And throughout the season last year, he he dropped some passes and made some crap plays. But he did make some great catches and some big plays, some nice first downs, caught some hard bet. So I I, I like this guy as a gamer. Um, Who has his back, too? Roethlisberger. He had his back last offseason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jack, and then uh, how'd that turn out earlier season? Uh, but he, but but even when they were in the middle of the year, Roethlisberger was still talking positively about him. So for there whatever reason, play, for whatever two reason, plays down the stretch in their in their last playoff game last year, where he was he was looking for Wheaton, and all the guy, all the other fellows were on the field. Or no, actually, what's his name? Wasn't he had a concussion? <laughs> So there you, go. there you go. That's the reason why Wheaton was getting the plays. Antonio Bryan was on the sideline winking to <laughs> to uh, Adam Pac-Man Jones. All right, let's go to the San Diego football chargers. Who are uh, still in San Diego. Benjamin or Johnson? I guess it depends on league type. The PPR, Michael Stevie Johnson... I'm probably going to Travis Benjamin out every day. Yeah. Just because I, of the upside, and, and Rivers is a guy who, who also throws a beautiful deep pass. Benjamin is a guy who... I wouldn't call it beautiful. It's effective. Well, no, it, <laughs> it, looks, it looks completely ugly the way he, that he throws the yards, but it's so side But he leads Pushed. receivers about as good as any quarterback out there. Yeah. You know, he, you hardly see guys when he throws the ball, them running like Benjamin was for Cleveland all the time. Seven yards beyond the guy, and then waiting while the other defender catches up and knocks him down and, or knocks the ball away where he could have had the ball. The only reason why I'm going to go with the Johnson here is because of, of the amount of work we've seen over a career. Benjamin was a flash in the pan, came out of nowhere last year, had some great games for Cleveland, but and I know he's, he's one of those fast, scat, kind of small, little dudes that can make shit happen. I like want to use sharp. your argument against you. Okay. What's the best year this TV Johnson ever had? And he did it three years in a row. He, he started his career. At Buffalo. Three like years in a row. Second season. Now, all of his years, were, they were within 80 yards of each other. 1,020 to 1,080 yards with like six touchdowns or whatever. I can't so argue that's the That's the upside. best that you're going to get out of him. And he's not giving you that anymore. You're going to be happy to get 700 yards and five touchdowns. Be lucky. I can't argue the upside. You're right. And and, and the reason why Stevie had opportunities last year is because um, Allen was hurt. So, you know, fuck you. <laughs> you swayed me. All right, Benjamin. <laughs> well, uh, I didn't sway you. You swayed you with your own argument that I represented to you. That's all. Thank you. Thank you. And one of the great songs ever is Sway by the Rolling Stones. Should we go on to the 49ers? Sure. Sure. Is there anyone on this team we want? No. Maybe maybe Carlos Hyde. I want Hyde. I want Hyde. That would be Smith. Smith. Yeah. How you, bad do you want Hyde? You have to reach for Hyde. You, you can get Smith at a value. If I think I can get, if I can get Hyde, can I get Hyde in the fifth? I don't know. I'm not looking at ADP. 14. Can I get him in the fifth he, round? No. He's got the same ADP as Matt Forte. Okay. So Matt they, Forte uh, or Carlos Hyde? Forte. Forte. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> So he's a third rounder, Hyde. Yeah, he is. 
I mean, he's a third, fourth rounder, depending on what you're on. a team that's going to be playing from behind, and a team that's going to have to abandon the run in probably at least a third of their games. Here's what I'll say. The league where I'm able to get a guy like Hyde where I want is my rookie, my oldest league where we've got rookies, and there's just all these weird rules, and all of a sudden there's like there's ball. 12 rookies that have been drafted, and you're sitting there. I mean, this is a league that I, I'm not even going to say it anymore. I, not, I've got, I got Russell Wilson 9 and Cam yeah. Newton 14, and you just get these crazies. You're looking at these things, and you're like, holy shit, this is insane. But these people are... Know what they're doing. They're really, really great at right. fantasy football. Just our league rules are so crazy, and with the rookies, so hide in a league like that. If he's sitting there in the sixth round, value. I'll pounce on it. Just hope he's healthy, which he wasn't last year, and hope that he's Chip Kelly's little little poster That's boy. That's the hope. That's the hope, and hope that that team can be. But wouldn't you think anything? I mean, even score at all. I mean, that's that, if this could be everyone. This could be the worst team in the league next year. If you're Chip Kelly, isn't he your best weapon? So isn't he the guy that you should kind of figure out how to focus things around? But he wants to run such a fast offense. Everyone's been trying to do it. It hasn't worked for anyone, even Chip, and he keeps jumping Chip. I know, and the problem is that, like, but I look at the fact that when Chip got there to Philadelphia, what he did with Sean McCoy that first year. McCoy had a great year. Great year. You know, so can that be something that happens for Carlos Hyde. Now, the other thing is that Carlos Hyde is not the same type of runner as LaShawn McCoy. You know, from at least... Uh, there's a couple runs I saw from last year. There, that first that first game that he had... One, oh, where he, yeah. I guess Minnesota where they just like, yeah. But what I'm talking about that is... That was another, he's, another I seems that to be I more of a power runner. He seems to be more of a power runner. Yeah. McCoy is not a guy who's wants to get you downhill and then look for those secondary guys who run you over. He's looking to run around them. Where I think Hyde is the guy who's looking to deal punishment to the guys in the secondary if he ever gets there. If you can find some value in a Hyde pick, there's no reason not to roll the dice on that. Would you? Who would you take, Hyde or Forte? I just won't draft running back in that race. That's no, that's, <laughs> not, that's not the question. <laughs> Bird, 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 that's not the question. Yeah. Forte. You would take Forte? <laughs> yeah, fairly. All right. Let's go uh, QB battle quickly for 49ers. I, I think you got to go... Gabby, or the the, the 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 rookie kid. What's his name? Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, Driscoll. Gabbard yeah. to start. I'm gonna go Kaepernick to start still. Um, even, if, for even, even if he doesn't start the first five games or something, I think they gotta give him a chance to have a stretch where he's healthy in a Chip Kelly offense. Because they've got this guy to a mega deal, even though they can pretty much void it whenever. But it's, they he's still got 61 guaranteed. I, I'm telling you, here's how it's going to work. Blaine that's, a Gabbard, bad, that's a lot. Blaine Gabbert will be the starter, but they will have at least seven to ten gadget plays where Kaepernick is coming in as well, like... You've got yeah, two quarterbacks. You've exactly. Got yeah. I'm staying away from this. is exactly my fear. Kaepernick's so going to pull gonna be, Pippen. It's going to be one of I'm those things... I'm not going in. Right. Well, or, or he's going to do it. He's going to all of a sudden have a, a great play or two here. And then it's just going to be... It, it's a situation you don't want any part of in fantasy. We'll see how Kaepernick's shoulder's doing. If healthy, I think Kaepernick's going to be the starter. Doesn't mean I think he's the better pl- player, quarterback for this situation, whatever. Regardless, stay away. Yeah, All right, away. Seattle Seahawks, the locket train. Uh, <laughs> you know what? 
Before we go to the Speaking scene. of the lock of train, there goes the train. Yeah, hold on. Perfect time. I'll do them out of here. Let me do a break on advertisement. All right. Our next team is going to be the Seattle Seahawks. But before we get into them and all that badness, here we go. All right, the Lockett hype train is in full effect. This is he's serious. still a value in his draft spot. I still like I still like where he's getting drafted. When I put him up against the, the other names, that might just be me. We can talk through it right now. But um, the train is high, the tide is high, can but it's going to keep moving up. Tell me in our tiers where we all have him because what's interesting is here's one of the most polarizing guys in. Uh, fantasy pros when you look at um, ADP and I'll tell you why he's sitting at 36 his low is a 48 his high is 14 somebody has him as high as 14 well Zach Party Zach Party's got him at 38 Uh, Lockett for me I've got him at 29 you, Houdini, with the locket, have him at 38. So you guys are locked in on the same spot. So I'm, okay. I'm nine higher than, than you guys. Dogmatic's got him at 39. All right. And then Mr. Um, Moe's got him at 33. So our overall is at 35. So there's a lot of good things to like about Lockett. I mean, he's a burner. He could stretch the field vertically. He could also catch it short and then just make things happen like a punt returner that he is, uh, just break tackles and yak, yak, yak all day. Um, He's seen fearless going over the middle, and he just seemed to separate from defenders. Those are all great things. Uh, But, you know, is Doug Baldwin a true number one receiver there, or is he more of a, you know, wide receiver two? Uh, That's all going to depend. That's all something we're going to see. We've also got to see if this offense just takes a step forward as a passing team and has enough volume to support, you know, two, maybe three high-volume pass catchers. Because Jimmy Graham's apparently going to be back by week one, and when Jimmy Graham was in there, his target share was like 5% lower. So those are all he's, – he's got some warts, but he's got a lot of upside. But he's more of a guy who I will draft as a flex. I don't think I could see him as my wide receiver. The other problem that you have, unless you're in the league that gives you the credit for his special teams play, those special teams play cost him a play or two to start a series. You know, because a lot of times if you're if you're running back the kick return, you're usually not out there on the first series or the first play. You're you're coming in on the second or third down, but you're catching your breath from doing your sprint from the uh, unless you unless you didn't catch the ball. Temporary expectations. He's a, he's a guy who I guess I love his upside, but he's one of these guys too that don't overdraft on the potential because what's going to happen is he will be overdrafted in your league, and what he'll give you in those first seven weeks is probably going to be to the point where they're going to drop him. Or someone's going to want to trade him. Who did the Bulls sign? Now who are going to now? Nah, John Jones, Daniel Cormier for UFC 200 is off. Oh, really? disappointment. I don't know what that means. I don't means. know what that means either. Bell, <laughs> come on. Oh, come on. Where's your lever at? I really like the band in sync. My favorite member is Harpo. I think there's a Harpo 
if not, then should be. I will write the next day, maybe. A boom, boom, chicky, chicky, boom, 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 chicky, chaka, chaka, choo, choo. By the way, you must be wary of Betty's iron claws. They are sharp and they hurt. My place is gonna smell like beer. <laughs> So let's hit up the... A uh, Valverde fail, by the way. <laughs> let's hit up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay! Houdini, why don't you just spew some Jameis love? I, I, I just, I like everything that this guy's got going for him. You have uh, Mike Evans going into his third year after coming off his horrendous sophomore season, dropping tons of passes. You have re-signed and kept the backfield uh, solid with Doug Martin. Jameis threw for 4,000 yards as a rookie and did it without really any other help besides the Vincent Jackson. What is he, you know, solid player, going to give you a little bit here and there, but he's no longer the Vincent Jackson that he was of, of four or five years ago. Jameis is going to take his game to the next level, and another guy who's going to go along with him is going to be Austin Safarian Jenkins. And they, where they're going to make the biggest hit and where Jameis is going to get the biggest benefit from is from those touchdowns. That six foot seven inch frame, when they get in the red zone, I still I see Austin Safarian Jenkins being easy a seven touchdown guy and potential to be a 10, 11 touchdown guy. I see that Mike Evans being a guy, stop wasting the damn passes on him, you know, three downs in a row. Okay, three passes in a row, we can't get you a touchdown, so then we have to kick a field goal. I think you're gonna see, start seeing some Austin Safarian Jenkins love, and I think it's gonna help Jameis. I just don't even know if Boston Spray Jenkins will be the starter on that team. I agree with that. They like Brayton. They like Brayton. They don't like Austin Sabrian Jenkins' head. He's always doesn't know where he's at on the field, just running, you know, careless routes, not helping his quarterback. Something, it's bad something, something to keep I, an eye on, but I, I, I think Jenkins seems like he's kind of a total idiot. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to have, this will be mended up during preseason, oh, sure. and we're going to find out, because they're going to each get a ton of playing time. And it's one of those things that, where I look at it more also, is that Jameis looks at the guy's size, and the guy's ability. And he's got to say, I'll work with you, you stupid son of a bitch. Literally, you stupid son of a bitch. I will work with you and get you to the point where you can help me on the football field on Sunday. And look at his, uh, week one last year, had a great game. Uh, so, uh, what's the wide receiver situation beyond... Uh, Mr. Big Man Mike Evans. Not very good. I mean, I think it's on Bell. Is he the number two? I mean, no, no, Jackson is still Jackson number two. Still, and then Kenny Bell potentially in the slot. Who they like because he's sort of a different style of receiver than they have in the two twin towers on the outside and even, you know, at tight end. So he's hoping to provide that sort of yak ability underneath. He played no snaps last season, so yeah. that writing him in is Well, scary. and we're going to see how it all works with um, uh, Cutter. Cutter, what's the guy's name? Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter. Cutter. Uh, Dick Cutter. It's his, <laughs> it's, his, it's his offense from last year, so they're going to be keeping the continuity there. They're doing all that. Elena Roberts, the coach. <laughs> yeah, she's the Cutter. Um, <laughs> and they're keeping continuity, though, for Winston. So from Winston's standpoint, I like all this. I mean, here's a guy that has really impressed me from all the immaturity aspects that we saw about him coming out. He has been 180 degrees since he's gotten to the NFL and just really working on his craft. So he seemed like a guy who wanted to have fun when he was in college and now realizes he has to work. 
No question about it. Um, I looked at Vincent Jackson's uh, ADP, and it's actually serviceable. I was a little worried about, a little worried about him. I don't, I don't want. He won't be on any of my teams. But uh, for anybody that goes too high on uh, Vincent Jackson this year, that old man thing. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for real. All right, let's go on to the next team, the Tennessee Titans. We got, we got only two more teams and. Wow, yet another long pyro podcast. Wednesday night, July 6, 2016. Get in there, Titans. Get in there. Come on, Stag Party. What do you got to say? Who catches passes for Mariota? I think it's a little bit of everybody, and that's why I don't really want to own any of the Titans pass catchers. I mean, you got Tajay Sharp, you know, potentially starting over Dorio Green Beckham. Now, next week, Dorio Green Beckham's out there with the first team. And they still like Kendall Wright as their number one option. And they pay up all this money for uh, Rashard Matthews. And then, you know, Delaney Walker got a boatload of targets last season. So there's just all these guys. And then there's DeMarco Murray out of the backfield. There's Dexter McCluster out of the backfield. And they're hyping up, you know, uh, Derrick Henry's hands. There's just a lot of pass catchers here. And it's just like... How? What's the pecking order? What are, what are you counting on to be the number one guy? And even how good is the number one going to be? I'll tell you what, my pecking order's got to be on whichever guy can crack the best. Well, well day. That's definitely Doris. <laughs> Master Betty, my compliments. That tiny net was so fire. Mmm, yes, a tiny net is a death sentence. It's a net and it's tiny. Yeah, so I, I agree. DGB is your guy. Is, is the guy for me. I, I mean, he doesn't. Me. No, he's not. You and me. You and me are on, yeah, on Dorian. He's Green. trying to get the other fella in front of him, but it's not going to happen. But the team has him in front of him. What that? Not. Nah, <laughs> Dorian Green Beckham is not the starter again this season. If you really think that? No, he's not right now. I okay. Mean, do you really think that? Though? I mean, I think, think there's a do chance. They, do you think the coaching staff knows how to? Try and pull those little heartstrings and get that guy. Get, get well, Mike, do you Mike think Mike Malarkey knows anything about being a head coach? That's not that, what I asked. Well, <laughs> that's one of the things that comes but, up. I'm, I'm pulling a Bud Adams on you right now. <laughs> Rest in peace, Bud. I'm flipping you off. So you guys are completely writing off Kendall Wright. You don't think Tajay Sharp's going to stay ahead of DGB on no, no, what I'm saying is chart? You don't think... Rashard Matthews was signed for a reason. What I'm saying is I'm agreeing with you that this is a menagerie of wide receivers. And no, if I have to choose one, I'm going to choose the one that I think has the greatest potential for growth. I've seen what Kendall Wright is. Kendall Wright is not going to all of a sudden become a 1,300, 1,400-yard receiver and 10-touchdown guy. That's not going to happen. Rashard Matthews, you know what? He might be the nice, quiet, uh, unassuming guy out of this who becomes a thousand-yard receiver with five touchdowns, six touchdowns. But Doyle Green Beckham is the guy that has the best potential. Now, am I going to draft him? It's all going to depend on where it falls in the draft. I do not want to draft him as a starting wide receiver. I, I want to draft him as he's another one of those guys that would be a potential for me as my first off-the-bench wide receiver to slot in. Looking at his current ADP is wide receiver forty-four. So that's the right spot. You know, going after Stephon Diggs and Marcus Wheaton, I draft Dorian Greenback in the head. Ahead of both those guys. Ahead of both those guys. Uh, but then there's guys like Corey Coleman, Steve Smith that are. I'm drafting Steve Smith higher. 
Corey Coleman, I'm not sure about. Corey Coleman, no. I will grab grab George. Again, I'm not believing in RG3 and Hugh Jackson that Corey Coleman, while he may be the best potential talent of the wide receivers that were drafted this year, the situation sucks. The situation sucks. I will take Mariota and Dorian Green back with all the other guys that he has there to compete with as a better opportunity. Over, uh, yeah, for sure. I agree with that. I, I, I'm super high in Green Beckham. I just, um, I'm pretty. I feel like I'm pretty good at picking that wide receiver that the next year is uh, basically a, a top three rounder, and that he's the guy that I'm putting in that bracket this year. Uh, I definitely was highest on by far on anyone on Allen Robinson last year, and um, the, he kind of pulled through. Kind of, uh, kind of. Um, now this is a different story. Allen Robinson was higher, ranked a little higher. Maybe not. I don't know. I got to go back and look at my. I'm, I'm down with DGB. Uh, you know me. So let's move on to the next the uh, final team. Well, we got one more question. Oh yeah, yeah, we do. Henry and Murray. What? What? Quickly, I got nothing to say on it just because we just don't know at this point. But it's Demarco Murray's workload and get eaten into by Henry. You, yes, you're, you're, I'm, I'm a firm yes. But you, because you weren't that, you weren't, you weren't that way uh, a month ago. No, no, I, I, I believed that. No, no, what I kept saying was they kept trying to. You play, hate, hate. I thought you hated tried, Henry. No, 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 that wasn't me. They were trying to play. I don't think so. They were, I definitely hate Henry. That's not me. You also. Okay. That, yeah. No, me <laughs> was. Sorry. I think they're trying to placate Murray by saying they're going to give him all these carries, but then you draft a guy like Henry. And then what's the whole deal with all and, – and everything that I've been hearing this last month, and I was just in Nashville last week. So, wow, they're talking up Henry. It is redonkulous how much – down there how much they are talking him up. And it's like you're talking this guy up so much. You just brought in Murray, who's a guy who has been a – peanuts. The One of the best running backs in the, in the league for at least a season and is not last that far removed. Two of the last three years. Because he had a – you know, so – Come on. So I just don't – I worry if I'm – I'm not jumping on the DeMarco Murray train. I'm not going to draft him because I just I just don't like everything that I'm hearing that's coming out of there. I don't like the fact that they have so many different weapons and they also have a quarterback who can take the ball and run with it himself. So I will take the guy who – what's also scary is what is Henry known best for? Short yardage running? Heisman Trophy winner. Well, but also is a big bruising back – like all the things that they were talking about is like how he ran over some dude in practice, and it's like people are like, "Oh, holy crap!" You know, it's like this guy's a force. So, does that mean that he ends up stealing away goal line carries from Murray? Well, it's definitely a possibility now. Yeah, they're both downhill runners. What do you think? I'm, I just don't think Derrick Henry's very good, and I'm not going to spend time hammering it in again. That's fine. We know that. But do you, is are you going to? Is DeMarco Murray a guy that you can see on your teams? Yeah. He's got a low ADP. From just the workload, even if he doesn't get the workload, how, how big of a workload do you think Derrick Henry's going to get? Yeah. Do you think he's going to I think there's going to be a lot of care. I think there's going to be a lot of running on that on that offense. That's for sure. I mean, this is this should be a run-based team, and it should go first through DeMarco Murray. If he gets 15 a game, and then Derrick Henry gets 10, maybe. That's... that's a pretty high run ratio now in today's league. Then you got five maybe coming from Mariota. Then they're one of the top running teams in the league. Running at 40 times, uh, 30 times a game, 
know, out of 65 plays, that's about league average. I, I could see this team even going a little bit higher, running DeMarco Murray 16 to 18 times a game, and Derrick Henry in the 10 to 12 range. But at this point, when you get to running backs, you know, 20 to 24 or 18 to 24, all these guys have somebody else sharing the load with them. I just don't wow. see that they're going to be. Marcus Murray. Uh, he, I don't know that. 18 ADPs. Wow. That's a lot of carries for these running backs. I, I, I worry about the fact is, is their defense good enough to keep them in running the ball? Because th- this is where this is where their, their problem has been is that you know you fall behind and then you have to give away and, and both of these running backs these are not like Lamar Millers Latavius Murray's guys that can just boom give you a, a, to the house a Devonta Freeman and well one actually shot. both of them can take it to the house they're actually but very good long distance runners that's something they do well they they're able to break plays beyond the second level um, but it, well they've got the speed they, they've got the body and the speed to do yeah. it. But, but also, they've shown it at different levels. Derek yeah, yeah. Henry was a guy who was good at it the second level in college. Sure. And then, uh, Marco Murray's done it for a couple seasons. Yeah, true, true, true. Uh, but if their defense sucks, which running back does that affect more? Derek Henry. Okay. 100%. No, I'm just making sure. <laughs> no, no, I'm with you 100% on that. There's no doubt. Now, the other problem is that I have is that Tennessee does not have the – their offensive line is being rebuilt, yeah. Uh, and so they're still in the progress of a process of getting the right guys in there that, that are going to be the, the perfect and fit. Marco Murray averaged nearly five yards a carry in the infancy of that offensive line before they had all the pieces in Dallas. He was he was just all he was always a good, you know, runner, averaging four point seven to five point zero yards a carry. And then last year, where he is asked to run from the shotgun more. Asked to run around the edges more. You know, now that we're going back into a traditional tailback system where he should be able to run in between the tackles more, uh, do things he does well, which is a, being a one-cut runner. And that, that I just think he has a chance for a rebound. You got me thinking because it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm higher on Henry than you are, but I, I see what you're saying. I'm just worried. I'm probably not going to have either one of these guys just because I'm worried about I'd rather have Mariota and them playing from behind. All right. Let's move on to the Washington Redskins. Step forward. Uh, obviously, they were a fantasy juggernaut in many ways last year, but felt like they had a lot of uh, upside that they could reach for this year. Will that happen? Are they going to take a step forward from fantasy football? Are they going to stay, take a step back? The next question, I'll let you guys battle out. I'm not going to say anything. You guys know that I'm a Redskins. I'm a Redskins truther. Uh, Dotson and the other wide receivers, what are you guys thinking? Give a, give a couple minutes, and let's shut this party down. All right, so I'll just say, yeah, they took a step forward last year. The drafting of Doxon this year, I, I don't know how much I think that that really helps them. I mean, I guess that they needed to add a wide receiver, but with this draft being as strong as it was on defense, I think that they could have impacted their team a little bit more. And I think in this division that they're in, when you're going against the Odell Beckhams and the Eli Mannings and you're going against the – Tony Romo's and, and uh, the Des Bryant's and these guys and and you're not gonna, you're not gonna I'm not going to bring up Philadelphia. No, I'm not bringing up Philadelphia. But <laughs> that you would want to have to to bring that defense up to up to par again because of in this NFL in this year's draft. I mean, from what everyone was saying, this was one of the weaker offensive player drafts, and we saw it. Like hardly anybody was offensively was drafted until we got into 
late middle round two. So, you know, Doxon is a guy who basically, is, are they looking at him as being like a replacement for Deshaun Jackson as that thing ends? You know, he's, he's a deep speed guy. He's not the tallest guy in the world. Um, Dotson's a big dude at 6'2", 215. And he's not incredibly fast at 4'5", four, 4'. Four. But he's so just he's a guy who goes Pierre Garçon he's supposed to replace? He's just supposed to be the vertical red zone passing element in this game. He's supposed to be a guy who can go up and get it. He's just... I, I like Dotson a lot. I just don't know what his fantasy value is for this season. I don't, I don't really want to own any of their wide receivers. I mean, their best pass catcher to own is Jordan Reed. And as we've talked about, you got to pay up of... You know, mid uh, end of the third. Best fantasy options are a tight end and a running back. Aren't he? Is Matt Jones proven? He hates Jones. I I don't hate Jones. I have him ranked at like running back twenty. Is David David Johnson proven? I mean, people are taking him number one. He was running back eight last season. A lot more proven than Matt Jones. I understand. But but the value you get, I'm I'm well aware. But like, not talking about just proven commodities, like. These weapons all seem like they can eat into each other a little bit because Dotson's brought there to be the guy in the red zone because they don't have. You're spelling it out for me. I don't want anyone on Washington. I I mean, I would take Jordan Reed, but I'm not going to get him because people are going to overdraft him. Cousins, give me cousins. And you're 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 on that route. And listen, I'll tell you what, he won't be a starter for me. But it's like I got a feeling. And I just knowing like my deep league that the guys that, who are all good too, good players, guys yeah, have been yeah. doing this for a long time. But for whatever reason, I just have a feeling there's no way that Cousins will be drafted in the top twelve quarterbacks that go out in my in that main. Which draft. is great, I know. So he'll be he'll have that potential. And again, I don't think that anybody out there, listeners, everyone, you don't have to rush to grab him as as a starter. Agreed. But I agree that he does have upside, especially again because. It's what type of offense you're running. Jay Gruden's offense. Jay Gruden has proven that when he finds the right quarterback, he can maximize, uh, you know, the, the profits that he gets from them. So there's there's a big there's a big um, kind of annoying situation that's no longer there. RG three, lot lot more lot more confidence sitting in that quarterback's room, sitting in the film room, sitting in uh, game planning uh, situations with the coach now. You don't have RG3's negative energy. We'll see. I don't need to talk about Cousins. You either like him or you don't. I like him. If you join in and he's great, you'll love me. If you join in and he sucks, you'll hate me. I've been there before. But you're not I've, telling anyone I've, to draft him as a starter, so why would you hate him? I'm, I'm drafting I'm telling him. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm personally drafting him as a starter. I'm not telling you to do so. But everybody else that listens will know that you're high on him and they will draft him as their first backup and if it pays off, it's huge. If it doesn't, it's just a fucking backup quarterback. So deal yeah. with it. It's absolutely. Play off the D-Rex, okay? That's more like I get to wait for my number one quarterback like really, really long and that's nice. Now I have a team that's looking really dope Except and there's a lot of quarterbacks. I'll still be able to, I'll still be able to get that Matt Ryan pickup. I'll still be able to get that Cutler pickup. You're going to get screwed. Because what happens is you get the people, all your friends, they listen to you in the last couple of podcasts beforehand, and they're going to go after Cousins or something. Like that. And they're, they're going to draft them earlier, and they're going to be like, ha-ha, D-Rex, I got you. And then you're going to go, fine. That care. makes somebody else fall. Yeah, that's right. In theory. Yeah. And that's the point. Don't let, let people, that's a smokescreen, fine. Let them jump. Oh, say the smokescreen. I wouldn't do that to our <laughs> listeners at all. No. I'm in. To your, to I your, do to like your league, it. you would, though. I, no, my, my league doesn't listen to me. If they do, they listen... They listen. 
They listen to the first 20 minutes. They got the attention spans of gnats. All right. This has been another awesome Pyro Podcast. Churning in at three hours. We didn't want to do this, but of course it came to it. Sorry if there was some train buzzing by. It's a, it's a brand new space. We're going to figure this thing out as we have uh, in times past. Houdini, psyched to have you back. Good to see you, dude. For maybe one week, then you might not have yeah. you for another month. But you hey. might not have you for a while. Getting married, going on a honeymoon. Stag party, always killing it. We love you guys. Check out Pyro Pro. Check out the draft kit. Check out pyromaniac.com. Check us out on Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash pyromaniac. And that's P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C. Give us a review on iTunes. Follow us and subscribe there. Go to facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac.com. We're killing it in all spots. We've got some great stuff going on with some future uh, pieces that we're going to be doing for this year that uh, realm in the uh, projections and another kind of special piece that we're still kind of refining and working out for Pyromaniac. Regardless, we love you. Thanks for listening to us. It's July 6th. Fantasy football out. And uh, we're closing out. It's the Haggis Horns. We opened up with Way of the Haggis. This is a uh, British funk band from Leeds. And we're going to close with Return of the Haggis, X-rated. Laters.
No. Go follow her. Then save her for 